following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, week five in the books. How you doing, Bubba? Doing Dude. good. Another another crazy week. It's uh, Ravens are just are just trying to give it, and their entire fan base a heart attack every week. I feel like at this point. Oh yeah. Well, you know, at least when you're when your team is busy giving the, your uh, your fan base a heart attack, you're you're your team's putting up some W's, uh, but <laughs> I mean, and and you know what? I to to my boys' credit, at least they got the W this week. But I I wasn't sure I was going to be able to. I have a, a Vikings mask that I wear around, and I did. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to wear that um, after after this week. But in any case, I I am, and um, we we've had ourselves a, a crazy week. A big strange offensive output type week um and and i gotta tell you it, it, it was i mean really a lot of offensive football this week we you know we've had weeks like this in the past where where you know offenses just blow up and start you know tearing up those defenses but man this this one like everybody was scoring points it seems like everybody's really hit their stride in week five am i right it's starting to seem that way yeah, I, I mean, tons of touchdowns being thrown. Uh, I mean, the 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 QBs seem to have found a rhythm. The, the I mean, a lot of a lot of players are out there putting up some points that, and and we're having the emergence, and especially in fantasy, and from a fantasy perspective, of like certain players are starting to catch on, and and it's it's become a really really interesting landscape uh, through five weeks. I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty impressed with with how this week went. So, um, Tyler, are you ready to jump into these scores? Let's do it. All right. Starting out with your scores here in week five in Thursday Night Football, Rams and Seahawks. Uh, Rams beat the Seahawks 26-17. to Russell Wilson is the big story here. Goes out with a hand injury. Uh, dislocates his finger. Ligament damage. He's set to miss six to eight weeks. He says he's eyeing week 10 to come back. We'll see about that. But as it stands right now, Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback for the Seahawks, which, uh, Tyler, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm not. He didn't look terrible. So bad, but he didn't look bad. Yeah, he didn't look terrible. He didn't look great, but he didn't look terrible. Well, and, and you know, I got to tell you, Matt Stafford, he also had a, fi- a hand injury. Lots of weird hand injury, hand and finger injuries in this game. Stafford hurts his hand, but he's able to continue. And uh, the Rams go and pick up the win. And it really, I, Geno Smith could have could have marched right down the field and and continued uh, continued throwing the ball and, and kept this game alive. But uh, Tyler Lockett really really slipping and falling and, and costing him an, an interception in that situation um, really kind of put the final nail in the coffin. Seahawks fall to two and three. Surprise, surprise! But the Rams are sitting at four and one. No surprise there. Uh, next up on Sunday, Falcons go ahead and beat the Jets in London. Uh, the Falcons go to two and three. Jets fall to one and four. Falcons win twenty-seven to twenty. This was a fun game. 
for for two junk teams, really. I mean, let's be real. Uh, two teams that have been really having a rough go of things. Uh, Zach Wilson looks a little rough around the edges, and, and then over there in the in Falconland, Matt Ryan seemed to have come alive. Uh, he looked better than I've ever seen him. Although, again, it is the Jets. Tyler, your takeaway from that London game? It was a weird game. It- at this point, I think we're talking about the Jets being the worst team in football because I think at least at least the the Lions are are competing every week. I'm sure we'll get to get to that more in a bit, but the Jets seem to be just complete bottom of the barrel, and I I still don't think it's on Zach Wilson, but it's it's where we're at. Right. Uh, next up, you got the Patriots and the Texans. The Patriots squeak one out against the Texans, 25-22, a lot closer than a lot of folks expected. Um, uh, definitely a lot closer than I expected. Mac Jones looks really good in this game, but uh, Davis Mills comes out firing. I don't understand where the hell he came from, but he, he goes out and, and just drives home uh, an amazing performance. Uh, Davis Mills, Tyler, is is he finally hitting his stride? Is he is he the real deal here? I mean, this he's is- had a couple of good games. It's, it's possible he's hitting his stride because he did he did look very very good. So I'm going to give him that, but I want to see more. Yeah, I want to see more. But man, I got to tell you, I'm impressed with Davis Mills. He's starting to look like like the real deal, like the guy that I was touting when when he you know had his uh, he had his combine and all that good stuff. So. There you go. Next up, you got the uh, Dolphins and the Bucks. This is a blowout that we expected. The Buccaneers go ahead and win 45-17. to 17. Uh, Tom Brady has himself a game. What else is new? Uh, the Bucks dominate. Are they looking like NFC Super Bowl contenders? Yeah, they are, but I, I, I don't think they're in the top two. I'm, I, I, I'm still standing by Cardinals and Rams at this, at this stage, even with weird games by both teams. Right. Uh, yeah, the the Bucks still looking strong. It's going to be the NFC has gotten weirdly tough very quick. I mean, because we we got to remember, last couple of years the NFC has not been as tough as the AFC, and now the NFC is starting to look like we've got some competitors here. So we're we're enjoying this a uh, whole lot. Uh, next up, you got the Eagles and the Panthers. The Eagles squeak one out against the Panthers, twenty-one to eighteen. <clears throat> the Panthers. Uh, they, they've lost a couple here. They started out 3-0, and and then they've lost a couple in a row here. Are the Panthers starting to come down to earth? Is Sam Darnold looking a little more human these days? I believe he is. Uh, I, I think he's still going to have some good games. He's still got a good team. It's really his first bad game, but um, I, I think his true talent is going to be somewhere in between weeks one through four and, and week five. Now, was he seeing ghosts, do you think? Uh, that is to be determined. We have not figured that one out yet. Three interceptions. I mean, I, I have questions about his, uh, his... Four four is ghost-seeing numbers. Oh, okay. All right. So we're that we're not at ghost-seeing numbers yet. Got it. Next up, we got Titans and the Jags. Uh, Titans go ahead and, and dominate. 37-19. You know, kind of what else is new for the Jags? Jags lose their 20th game in a row. Um, since You know, obviously dipping into last year. But uh, Jags have been on a, a renowned losing streak here. Uh you know, there, there are teams, there are currently, I believe, two teams that are 0-5 right now, and uh, this is one of them. Trevor Lawrence has not been getting the help that he needs over there uh, because he actually hasn't been playing bad ball. Um, and, and, you know, the numbers don't really dictate, you know, what how things are going for him from a statistical standpoint. 
but I don't think he's really getting the help over there with Jacksonville. No, and Chark being out doesn't doesn't help. And that's really their best target um, in regards to anyone thinks about Marvin Jones. Right. The defense ain't there. That the team's still got a long way to go. I think, and we and we knew this going into the season, but not, now we're starting to take form. Yeah, and, and we we knew the Jags were going to be rough. Um, they were rough last year, but man, it, I didn't think it was going to be this rough. And uh, they're just they they get mollywopped by the Titans um, and and Derrick Henry and company. Derrick Henry in particular actually had himself a game. Uh, next up, you got the Vikings, another squeak one out type of performance. Vikings go ahead and and kick a last second field goal to defeat the Detroit Lions. Vikings advance to two and three. Lions fall to zero and five. That's our second zero and five team. And the Vikings, I got to tell you, I'm not impressed with this performance. Um, it, most times you'd be excited about a win. This is one where I'm more embarrassed by the win than anything else. As a Vikings fan, I'm I'm not a big fan. I thought the play calling was bad. Mike Zimmer, again, I mean, we've talked about this several weeks. Mike Zimmer not being aggressive when it's time to be aggressive. And, um, yeah, the Vikings just just looked rough. Just looked rough. I, I and But Dan Campbell, the man cares about his football team. This, this Detroit Lions team, these guys are willing to fight for that guy. And uh, it's impressive. Vikings squeak one out. Tyler is, is for... Are the Vikings just just hanging on? Is Mike Zimmer just hanging on for dear life here? I don't know. Vikings to me are the are the most weird team in the NFL right now. I I, I kind of put Ravens in that category too. But Minnesota is just in this weird. What are they? Because they have these games where they play very well, and then they have these games where they like like they did against Detroit. It, I I don't know what this team's identity is. I don't know either, <laughs> and that's. That's the worst part. I don't know either. Um, it, it's it's just a confusing turn of events every time the Vikings are on the field right now. Every game seems like it's coming down to the wire. Um, this one should have never been as close as it was. This is just, it, it's gotten a little ridiculous. <clears throat> Mike Zimmer, we'll be talking about him shortly. You know, I have questions about his leadership at this point. We, we're, it, it's going to get uh, a more and more wild and these guys have the hardest schedule coming out of the stretch coming out of the bye week and and it's going to be it's going to be tough and if they can somehow miraculously wind up in that three and three spot leading into the bye week oh buddy they, they've got a tough go um again that it's actually been determined they have the hardest schedule after the bye than anybody else after week seven so we'll we'll see how yeah, it's, it's not looking pretty <clears throat> no, it's it's good. It's looking really bad. Uh, next up, you got the Packers and the Bengals. Packers 25-22 over the Bengals. This one was crazy. The the Bengals go ahead and tie it up, take the Packers to overtime, and uh, field goals galore. Uh, trying to be kicked. I mean, uh, it was like Evan McPherson and and Mason Crosby had a case of the yips. They were just kicks and kicking field goals that were just all over the place and finally finally mason crosby goes in and seals the deal uh for the w five field goals had to be attempted before this game was done but in overtime the packers get it done go to four and one Bengals drop to three and two Bengals sure as hell gave them a run for their money is this Bengals team for real are they the real deal here tyler i'm leaning towards yes in this one the team looks in sync uh 
Burrow and Chase are are dialed in right now. Yeah, they're leading the charge, really. And and I'm I couldn't be more impressed with with the way that they're handling their business. Uh, it's it's wild. It's wild to think that and and Jamar Chase. Uh, we knew Jamar Chase was going to be good. I, I didn't think he was going to be this good. And and him and Joe Burrow, you could tell they're they're really leading that team. It's good to see. It's good to see Jamar Chase is is you know becoming one of the best receivers in the league already. Um, he's I'm I'm starting to believe that LSU is just a wide receiver factory given Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I mean, am I the wrong? The last couple of years, it's definitely been that way. Yeah, I, I feel like they just they produce great receivers over there. That high powered offense stuff, and I think they've got one more getting ready to come out here. This is going to be a good time, and you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of great rookie receivers coming out, and a lot of high powered football through the air. So, um, yeah, the Bengals. I mean, and right now they're still in first. I think they're tied for first in the division with with your Ravens, aren't they? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That, I knew there was there was a, a good war. That's a very competitive division over there. Uh, next up, you got the same little and one little fun fact with Jamar Chase. Uh, we talked a bit about it last week, but uh, he's currently on pace to um, right now on pace to beat Justin Jefferson's record that was just set last year. You know, and he is on pace, but I want to. There's still a, a whole season left. I, yeah, I want to put a little asterisk there because even though he's on pace to beat it. We have to remember that there is an extra game. On pace to, I, 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 he's on pace to shatter it with the extra game. On pace to beat it with, with, with a 16 game schedule. Oh wow! Well, we'll see if he gets it done. Uh, I hope he doesn't. Um, next up, you got the. Uh, well, for my fan, let me just pause that. For my fan, if it's a fantasy perspective, I hope he does. Next up, you got the Saints and the Washington Football Team. Saints go ahead and beat them 33-22. Taylor Heineke has his first really rough game since he, he started coming in. The Saints defense seemed very dialed in. Heineke doesn't play well here. Um, under a 50% completion percentage, uh, Washington falls to 2-3. and three. That Washington defense is not living up to expectations right now, uh, Tyler. I, I don't know what the hell happened from last year to this year. There really is no change, but they're not living up to the expectations. I'm, I'm kind of amazed by that. Are, are you? I am as I am too. It seems like there's just a lot of teams that are playing this weird, weird ball right now. Yeah, uh, just um, not living up to it. I, I thought that Washington defense and, and a lot of people did too. From a fantasy perspective, I mean, we were talking about a top five defense last year, and and this team has not had that top five defense that that vaunted Washington defense that that we we were talking about and. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what in the hell is going on. It, it's been a weird, weird change for them just getting dominated, especially by a team like the Saints. The Saints aren't anything to write home about as far as their offense goes. Um, in spite of the fact that Jameis Winston has <clears throat> seemingly fit in there, I mean, Winston had four touchdowns on the day, but he was only 15 for 30. So, I mean, we're seeing kind of the same old Jameis Winston um sans monster interception games you know he's had one of those i think so far so yes you know Jameis winston gets it done against washington uh we're gonna see if if winston can really just keep leading the saints team but right now the saints are three and two washington falls two and three uh next up you got the steelers beating the broncos 27 19 i'm surprised by this 
because Teddy Bridgewater was in the game. The Steelers go out, and, and another thing about this is Ben doesn't have himself a really great game. 15 for 25. I mean, it, it really, he had two touchdowns. He avoided any mistakes, though. The, the real talk of the town should be Najee Harris finally coming alive here. And, and the last two weeks, he, he had a great game through the air last week. This week, he gets it done on the ground. Uh, and, and Harris, man, he, he is he starting to look like that lead back that we expected in the draft? He's trending in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. I, I didn't, you know, we expected him to be a lead back. Now he's acting like the lead back, and he's starting to lead this team. I think because um, even with the bad start of the season, he he's on pace for a thousand. Yeah, but I think he only, I think he only gets he only he only gets better from here. Yeah, I think. Uh, the, the Mike Tomlin, I think, understands now that this team is going to have to run through Najee Harris. He can't rely on Ben uh, with the bum arm and the bum elbow. Um, and a lot of people are speculating right now. And, and I, I, I know this is, this is kind of a crazy thing to say, but a lot of people are speculating right now that you're going to see by next season, Kirk Cousins in a Steelers uniform and Ben Roethlisberger retired. So uh, keep an eye on that because the, the rumor mill is already rolling out on that. Next up, you got the Bears and the Raiders. Bears go ahead and beat the Raiders 20 to nine. Uh, the Bears defense has been crazy good this year. Um, keeping teams to really low numbers, really low scoring games. I think the Bears are playing a lot of ball control football here. Uh, Cleo Herbert, Damian Williams, both those guys step up. Herbert had 18 carrier carries. Williams had 16, and and Williams only got the goal line touch here. So I mean, those guys are going to be kind of doing a, a run game by committee. Fields doesn't look as good as everybody is making him out to be. Is Fields high, hiding? I'll, I'll ask this question in the most insulting way humanly possible, Tyler. Is Justin Fields act putting on his best Joe Flacco face and hiding behind that great run game and great defense right now. Well, the run game was good this week, but he he only, he only threw for 100 yards. Exactly. He threw for 111 yards. And, and they beat the Raiders that are not that great of a deep. I don't. They kind of stumbled they, their way into a win. Yeah, they they the, the Raiders have fallen apart the last two weeks. Um, they they have not looked good in the last two weeks. I don't I don't know what's going on. I mean, obviously, and and we'll we'll talk about the elephant in the room that I think is causing the biggest distraction uh, out of everything. But uh, you know, the the Raiders just I mean, this is a game that they should have won. I think this is a game that that they really should have. I mean, after starting hot and starting three and zero, and as good as Derek Carr has been playing. This should have been a W for the Raiders. Um, and I, I think, you know, the the big news story that, you know, uh, as far as, and, and we'll jump into the John Gruden stuff, uh, I think that may be causing a bigger distraction than, than we care to realize or understand. I mean, do you think that's the case? Well, I think this distraction's going to be more now. Sunday, things are sort of quiet, but I think now it's going to really take, take hold. Well... They knew leading into Sunday. So, I mean, I, I guess the this stuff emerged last week after we got done recording. And Yeah, yeah the first part of it did. But yeah. the, it, but the, the really bad stuff didn't come out until Monday. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's. It, I think I think this is going to be 
I think they kind of all had an understanding that he was going to be gone. But the Raiders, yeah, they they don't get it done here. And and I'm hoping for their sake and for Derek Carr's sake, who played so well through the first three games, that they put it all together. Next up, probably the funny the or the funnest game of the week, not the funniest, the funnest game of the week. Browns and Chargers, 42-47. Uh, Chargers win 47-42. Chargers advance to 4-1. and one. Browns go to 3-2. and two. God damn it, Tyler. I got to tell you, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I believe it. I think this, this kid, Justin Herbert, he is the real deal. He looks so good every week. This kid's going to wind up with a bust in Canton. This kid's going to wind up with a Super Bowl. This kid's going to wind up one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football. I'm telling you, I love this kid. What? A and, I, and I'm right there with you on, on, on him. Yeah, what a great quarterback. I, I, You know, me saying all that that positive stuff about Josh Rosen and him not panning out and all the shit I'll get about that. You know what? For that, to hell with it. I hit on this kid, and I hit on him two years ago when I said that this kid was going to wind up being a stud in this league. And he's turned out to be a stud. Justin Herbert is the real deal. And and I'll tell you what, the, the Browns, they played their hearts out in this game. This was a fun game. It was fun to watch. What a shootout. Uh, Chargers get it done. Man, what, what a fun time. That that was great, fun football. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sad that my Vikings have to take on this Chargers team because this Chargers team looks red hot right now. Red hot. Justin Herbert gets it done. He had five total touchdowns on this game. Man, what a game. Next up, you got the Cowboys dominating the Giants, 44-20. to The Giants, are they a sick ward now, Tyler? We're, we're beyond sick ward. This yeah. I mean, the Saquon goes down. Galladay goes down. You already had Shepard down. You already had Slayton down. You, you know, the, the number one became Kadarius Toney, who had himself a game, believe it or not. Uh, Daniel Jones goes down. In trots Mike Glennon. Oh, my God. Anytime I see Mike Glennon show up on a stat sheet, I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's it's one of those, like, I stop and I'm like, mm, that's that's where we're at. Okay. All right. So you guys are going to wind up being, you know, top 10 draft pick this year. But uh, Daniel Jones enters concussion protocol. I mean, we had all kinds of injuries uh, for the Giants. So the Cowboys just dominate this game, 44-20. to I mean, we both kind of expected it. We both picked the Cowboys. Actually, no. I think you took the Giants in this game. Look, I I think Daniel Jones right now, if I'm being honest with you, I think he's been playing like a franchise quarterback. And I feel like he he has just been dealt a bad hand, and and he has been given – He has been improving year over year over year. I can't say that Daniel Jones has been bad. I can't say that he has played bad ball. Um, I can't because he he really hasn't. The the people around him, there's been a lot of injuries. There's been bad coaching. I don't think Joe Judge is the answer with the Giants. Do you? No, I don't think he is. He's had the team. I know we're injured now, but he's had the team, and, and, and I think we're at more of a coaching problem than a team problem. You're right. I mean, if I look at that personnel on that team, I believe that this team could be a, a real deal type of team. And uh, Daniel Jones, I mean, just just from a, a uh, numbers perspective, 
and Daniel Jones just from a, a play perspective. I mean, this guy, he, he's played good ball. I can't get mad at Daniel Jones at this point. I mean, we, we thought Daniel Jones was going to be a bad quarterback and this and that, but I don't think Daniel Jones has been given a, a proper opportunity. You know, and that's that's something that kind of bugs me. And and we all kind of, we dumped on the draft pick, but the kid has improved year over year over year. So, you know, the, the question comes in, A, do you think Daniel Jones survives and gets re-signed past his first contract with the Giants? B, do you think he wants to stick around with the Giants after his first contract is over with? I think they'll, I think, the Giants are going to try to to keep him. I don't know if he's going to want to stay. They should want to try and keep him. They should. He he is improving, and that's one thing that bugs me. I mean, and you remember. I mean, Eli Manning was a slow starter. You remember that, and and Eli Manning over time he came around and, and wound up winning two Super Bowls. So I want to see if Daniel Jones has the same um, the same situation, but I also want to see if if a coaching change, a, a, a culture change in that coaching department is going to be the answer uh, for Daniel Jones and the Giants. Next up, you got your Cardinals advancing to five and zero. The 49ers fall to two and three. Cardinals beat the Niners seventeen to ten. Yeah, I mean, closer than I expected. I mean, I understand it's a 49ers defense, but a lot closer than I expected. I get it; it's a divisional game. These divisional games, especially in the the NFC West are played really, really weird. Trey Lance looks okay in this game. He came in to start for uh, for the injured Jimmy Garoppolo. Eh, I mean, he looked okay. He looked like a rookie, but over time. And and obviously, I mean, Trey Lance, he had I, I think he had a sprained knee going into this game. Um, still made it work. Tyler, what what's your takeaway on Trey Lance here? I know we got. I know the sprained knee kind of happened, but the, the game he, he didn't play as well as I was hoping he would. Yeah. But I, I think he, I think there's still room for him to continue to, to develop well. I, I still think there's a chance that he that Jimmy does not come back in. But it, this game didn't do him any favors. No, I don't think it did. I I believe that that with the uh, the you, he played okay in spite of having a sprained knee, but. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't number three overall pick, you know, type of play. I mean, I understand the Cardinals' defense is tough. I'm gonna see what happens when the Niners take on a kind of an iffy defense. But right now, I'm I'm the jury's out on Trey Lance still. Um, but it's leaning toward eh, this guy may not be the real deal. Next up, you got the Bills dominating the Chiefs. This was the surprise of the week. Bills dominate here, 38 to 20. The Chiefs couldn't get anything going. The, I mean, the Chiefs rebuilt offensive line that was supposed to be so vaunted. They did not look good in this game. The Bills' pass rush was getting after Mahomes like crazy. Mahomes kept having to escape the pocket. The rain was coming down in this game. I don't know if it affected Mahomes, but man, he was throwing a lot of balls in the ground in this game. A lot of bad passes. Really, it was not a good banner day for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Bills advanced to four and one. The Chiefs, the defending AFC champions, fall to two and three on the season so far. A lot of people are out there saying the Chiefs are done. Tyler, are the Chiefs done? No, they're all three. Of their losses are to three teams that are viable teams to lose to: the Bills, the Chargers, the Ravens. 
Yeah. So it's, it's not like it's, this isn't saying that they went they, they've lost any games that they shouldn't be losing. The all three of these games are games that were, were are okay to lose. It's okay to lose to a good team. Yeah. Um, and well, they just happen to be having a lot of those early on. Mahomes is not. I mean, he didn't look like Mahomes in this game. Uh, Tyree Kill hurt. Um, you know, Edward Teller hurt. I mean, there, there's a lot of a uh, lot of interesting things going on in Chief Land right now. Uh, a lot of their position players getting hurt. Chiefs defense obviously bad. Um, I, I think you know the the Chiefs they they didn't do much to address their defensive woes uh, this offseason. Especially knowing that they, you know, they lost their number one corner, Bashad Breeland, who actually has played horrible for the Vikings right now. They, there's, there's a lot of problems there with that Chiefs defense. You know, are they? I mean, how, how bad do you think the Chiefs are going to be out there shopping for corners um, in, in this off season? Oh, they definitely will. Their, their, their defense is definitely being exposed right now, and, and, and they got, they needed to put it, up, put an end to it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're headed. And then last but not least, uh, Monday Night Football, you got your boys, the Ravens, going over the Colts 31-25. to The Ravens with the come-from-behind victory. And I got to tell you, I was so impressed with Lamar Jackson in this game and the way he just led his team. Man, what, what a performance by him. A lot of people talking about Lamar. I mean, 86% completion percentage, 442, four touchdowns. I mean, like th- this is... This is the type of performance that you want out of your franchise quarterback. And and really, I mean, Wentz looked great in this game, too. It was really a duel. And it, it, most of this game, right into, like, the fourth quarter, the Colts were dominating this game. With six minutes to go, it was 25-9. to nine. Yeah. And the Colts, I mean, the Colts played a really good football game. They really did. I, uh, I, a, a lot of chatter in this game. Um, I, I'm not necessarily buying into it yet. Um, some of it sort of, but... Um, so that this game, uh, a lot of people say, um, has in, has leapfrogged Lamar to the front of the MVP race. I'm not saying that, but it, it has put him in at least back in in range. It's it's in reach now. Yeah, he's he's back in the conversation. Um, he- and the other thing is, they're talking about depending on what you use, but based on this stat, it is the single greatest quarterback performance of all time. And well- the stat they're used here is. Uh, um, no quarterback has ever thrown 43 times and had and, and had as as high of a, a completion percentage as, as Lamar did on Monday. Yeah, it was it was an incredible performance. It was great, and he and he, and he wasn't just dinking and dunking either. No, I mean he was he was airing it out. He was airing he was airing it out to both Andrews and Hollywood all all game. Yeah, uh, Hollywood. I mean, he caught that beautiful deep touchdown pass. Um, that, that two weeks in a row, it's almost like he's, he's trying to shut up some some naysayers on his hands. Yeah, a lot of people having questions about him having the dropsies, and uh, you know, Lamar. I mean, and and really, so Lamar last week was ranked quarterback number six in the NFL rankings. He's now up to number four in those those quarterback rankings. Just like Justin Herbert is now up to two in those quarterback rankings. Tom Brady actually sits atop the group at number one. Um, with his big performance this week, but yeah, the uh, uh, Lamar looking impressive. Gotta love it. And he's already uh, at fifteen hundred pass yards. He's he's fifth in the league in pass yards, and he's and he's still eighth in the league in rushing. He's having himself a hell of a season. Yeah, he's he's not doing his. He's doing a lot more throwing than he he is ru- that he did running. 
you know, in the last several seasons, I've seen him using his arm a lot more than, than, uh, than he normally does. Um, now those are your scores, uh, throughout the NFL. Now, Tyler, we got, uh, we got some player rankings. This was a tough one this week. I'm going to go ahead and throw it your way for a special edition of Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten. This was hard. This yes. This was insanely hard. Yeah. It was a difficult week to do uh, those. But number 10, Austin Eckler, 119 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns. Yeah, Eckler looked damn good. And uh, he was he's a huge part of that that chargers offense these days as long as he's healthy eckler is is you know the the offense sort of runs through justin herbert right now but as long as eckler is healthy um you know herbert is just living his best life because uh you know he gets that that uh that great back with that i mean he can eckler can do it all he can run out of the backfield he can catch out of the backfield he's like a, a dual threat running back I mean, that's that's what Eckler's become, and uh, he's a huge part of that offense right now. So, yeah, I agree with you here. I think Eckler is is the real deal. Three touchdowns, definitely nothing to sneeze at in that high-scoring affair with a very, very difficult uh, Browns defense. Number nine, Mark Andrews, 11 receptions, 147 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Yeah, um, I, I guess I, I think it was his mother passed away. Um, over, over before this game, I, I think was, I forgot which relative, I think it was mother, grandmother or something. Um, but he said he was playing for that, that relative, uh, and, and he, he shelled out for that one. I mean, he, he looked darn good. The guy kind of screwed me on a parlay bet, that bastard. Um, no, he, 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 uh, he played great ball. Uh, you know, Lamar, this, he's obviously like one of the, the most reliable targets Lamar has. Um, he loves throwing the ball his way and, uh, yeah, he, he looked really good, uh, that night. He, he costed me $3,000, Tyler. On the points over. Yeah. That bastard. Well, yeah. Him I, and Andrews or him and Hollywood. I, I needed a Lamar touchdown. I needed Lamar to, to run one in and, uh, Lamar was in range and he was, I was like, oh man, he's got all kinds of green grass. He's just going to run that bad boy in. And then he tossed it at Andrews. And I was like, ah, you ruined my parlay. <laughs> and it put my points over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I didn't get the Lamar run in and I, and it put me over the points, even if Lamar ran one in later on in the game. So yeah, Andrews ruined my parlay. So screw you, Mark Andrews. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, it was a hell of a performance. Number eight, Josh Allen. 15 for 26, 315, three touchdowns, and another 59 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. Yeah, big game for uh, uh, Josh Allen. He even did his uh, he did his uh, hurdle thing at one point during that game, um, which you know had me just like, God damn it, you know, like flashback into when he hurdled Anthony Barr. But uh, he looked he looked great. Uh, he he really was just kind of slicing and dicing that that uh, Kansas City defense. That defense has not looked good this year. Um, they're ranked dead last, I believe. Um, yeah, Josh Allen getting it done. He's he, it really and and people aren't giving him enough credit. I know his numbers haven't been like super pretty, like from strictly from a yardage perspective. 
Look at the touchdowns that guy has and the amount of touchdowns he's throwing for. I mean, and and look at like the high scoring offense that has has uh, um, kind of emerged in the last in, in these last couple of games. I mean, he had two games that were absolute blowouts. Then he goes into this one and he he basically blows out the Chiefs. I mean, this score thirty eight to twenty. I mean, it was kind of like that all game long, where where Josh Allen was getting it done. So. Yeah, got to give him credit. Josh Allen, and, and he should be talked about a little more in that MVP discussion than people are giving him, you know, the credit for. Number seven, talked about him a little bit already, Justin Herbert, 26 for 43, 398 yards and four touchdowns. I'm surprised as he, he's as low as he is on your list, to be honest with you. This was such a, I mean, he had five total touchdowns on the day. Um. But, uh, you know, I miss a rushing touchdown. Yeah, he had a rushing touchdown. He is um, the quarterback right now that I would trust more to to just, you know, light it up. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I mean, if I if if there was a chance in the world of me calling up Alex Steele and trying to get him to trade Justin Herbert, I would do it in a heartbeat. But um, there isn't no way there isn't any way that guy's going to be going to be giving him up. Um, yeah, you know, and, and, uh, man, impressive. This kid is going to have a bust in Canton. I, I believe that as long as he stays healthy, I, I, there, there's no doubt in my mind. I think he's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And, and, uh, I was, I was big on him when he was, he was set to come out in, in 2019. He comes out in 2020, looks good. And this is the, I mean, I, I had high expectations for him this year. I know a lot of people were talking about sophomore slump. I didn't think it was going to happen. I had high expectations for him this year. And, uh, man, th- this has been way exceeding those expectations. I mean, I, I love Justin Herbert. I, I would kill for a quarterback like that in Minnesota. So, yeah, good on him. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this Hall of Fame career that we're on the, the cusp of seeing here. Number six, Derek Henry, 29 carries, 130 yards in a, in a trio of touchdowns. A, another huge performance for the King. He's, he's getting hot at a different time this year. I mean, normally we're talking, you know, after week eight. Now we're talking before week eight. I mean, is he, is he killing the narrative, Tyler? I, I think he is. He's yeah. on pace to break the record. Yeah, he's on pace to break the rushing record right now. I mean, that's that's crazy to me. I mean, granted, you know, yeah, we've got see, I, I can't I can't look at him breaking the rushing record. You know, if he does it in 17 games, I can't look at it as like, oh, yeah, he broke the rushing record. Like I need to see it in 16 games. Because but eventually we got, we got to not do that because I mean, people, we did the same thing. We were at 14 games, but we were at 16 for a while. So it's it's just going to kind of be what it is. Right. You know, so I, I believe I, I mean, if he breaks the rushing record, hey, good for him. But but I I'm I'm not completely buying it if he does it in 17 right now, you know, like after after several years, you know, it, it, you know, if the, if the record gets broken, you know, it, like I feel like after several years, if we're in, in 17 weeks, that'll be a different animal. But if we're, we're talking about 17 or 17 game season, you know, the first season of a 17 game season, we're talking about, oh, yeah, that record's going to get broken. You know, I think it, it just kind of. It kind of just makes it look like, oh, well, 
it, it, you gave an extra game. That's why. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if, if I know what you mean. If nobody can do it after several years of a 17 game season, and then it finally happens, then it looks a little more vaunted. But but we see a 17 game season, and he does it first thing. It's like, eh, okay, you know, like, <laughs> I can't completely buy it. So, but he is um, Derrick Henry's best running back in football, as far as I'm concerned. I, I believe in that. There's no argument right now. Yeah, I believe in that. Uh, it's why I wanted to draft him number one in fantasy. Screw you, Alex Steele, um, for taking him right in front of right in front of me, you rat bastard. But uh, I wanted I wanted Derrick Henry. I think he's he's incredible, and uh, he deserves every bit of praise that that he's been getting. So yeah, I agree with this this spot. Number five, Mike Williams, eight receptions, 165 yards, two touchdowns. He's kind of emerging. Yeah, he's become like almost the new number one over there, I think, uh, which is surprising because he, he's been a number three for years. I mean, it, it's amazing to see it. he's become Justin Herbert's favorite target, uh, which is something I never expected. I never expected Mike Williams to wind up being Herbert's favorite target, but he has. Um, he's making great plays, great catches in traffic. Um, making plays with his legs. I mean, Keenan Allen right now is almost an afterthought at this at this stage. Is he Seemingly, not? it's it's kind of what it's looking like, and it's just, which is really weird. Yeah, Keenan Allen has has fallen to a number two position, and and I think you know Keenan Allen is the older of the two receivers, so I think that's another reason why Mike Williams is getting so much love right now. I think they're kind of leaning his way, <clears throat> but and it, it's not even that Keenan Allen's having a bad year year per se. No, he's not. He's not, but he's definitely not the number one over there right now. Okay. I mean, he may be listed as the number one, but I don't think he's playing like the number he's one. He's on pace for 1250. So, I mean, Keenan Allen's still playing good ball himself. Just right now, it's the uh, the uh, Mike Williams show. Yeah, I think Mike Williams has emerged as the new number one receiver over there. So, I I, I think that if if this continues, you know, I think you're going to be seeing Mike Williams as one of the top receivers in football. Um, as long as he's got a guy like Justin Herbert throwing him the football. Number four, Jonathan Taylor, 169 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. Crazy game for Taylor. Um, he looked damn good, uh, running the ball. Um, he wasn't, uh, it wasn't crazy from a rushing perspective. It wasn't crazy, but from a, a, a total yards perspective. He did have the one short pass that, that he took to the house. I mean, almost right away. He, he really, and, and he showed that breakneck speed. For a guy who's a, a considered, by and far, a, a bigger running back, to see, in, and a lot of people, and they were talking about it repeatedly on, on Monday Night Football, this guy ran a, a I think it was a, a 4-3-40 at one point. So to, to hear about that speed and be like, ah, I don't know, man, he was outrunning those defensive backs and, and he was, he looked damn good. Jonathan Taylor did. Um, it, it, he's really seemed to have shored up a lot of the fumble issues that he had in college that we were so concerned about. I mean, that was something that we, we brought up several times on this show during when he was out getting drafted, we said, ah, you know, he had a, he was the, the highest fumbling running back. That, that was the, the big narrative about him as far as like his, his ball control, he's actually shored that up and become a really safe option for, for the Colts. 
Um, I think they really should be running that offense more through him than they are Carson Wentz, in spite of the fact that Carson Wentz had himself a really good game. Uh, yeah, I, I like, I like uh, Jonathan Taylor. And I liked him when he got drafted. And uh, I told you I thought he was going to emerge with the Colts last year, and he did. And now this year, he's, he's doing the same. He looks damn good. This has been a good campaign for him so far. Number three, Devontae Adams, 11 receptions, 206 yards and a touchdown. Huge game for Adams. I mean, and then, you know, I understand they went to overtime, and, and you know, that's where kind of numbers sometimes get inflated when you hit those overtime, uh, that overtime period, you know, because most games don't go into overtime. So, but he, he still was, a, a, he emerged as a, I mean, not emerged, but he's, he was the huge threat for Aaron Rodgers in this game. He was the guy that came through um, and, and over a 200-yard performance, outstanding. And, and that goes to show you that he's sitting at number three right now. So that goes to show you how crazy this list is. But uh, Devontae Adams, he just does amazing things over and over and over and over again. And, and he never ceases to amaze me. I hate the fact that he plays for the Packers. I hate the fact that he's in our division. But, yeah, Devontae Adams, getting it done, great hands. I mean, the, the man is almost unguardable at this point, I think. I mean, am I, am, am I wrong? No, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, I, th- I think he's one of those unguardable receivers that you're going to be seeing for the years to come. And he's still very, very young. So we'll see if he and, – and he might not be sticking around in Green Bay. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But as it stands right now, Devontae Adams is a Packer, but we might see him uh, elsewhere in the near future. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this, on this one. Number three, though, man, that's crazy that he's at number three with that kind of performance. Number two, Tom Brady, 30 for 41, 411 yards and five touchdowns. Huge game for Tom Brady. What else is new? Um, Brady is, is just one of those people that I, I, I mean, we, we always talk about, about different players in, in the, uh, the NHL, oh the Yager. Oh, he's got alien blood in his veins. I'm just convinced there's alien blood in Tom Brady's veins. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm convinced of now, Mr. Alien blood. I I'm there with you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and. If he if he does it again, if he goes out and gets that ring again, and we all start throwing up in our mouth a little, because you know that's what's going to happen, especially for you and I. Um, I, I guess I can I can finally you know just back up and just admit the man's the greatest of all time. Um, I, I've had trouble doing it because of you know all of the the um, nuisances that have surrounded his career with the Deflate Gate and the Spy Gate and all that other crap. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people will, will say, you know, oh, Tom Brady's won seven rings. Look, I have problems with all that stuff, that extracurricular activity. That's been the one thing really holding me back from saying he's the greatest of all time, like everybody else does. But if Brady does go out and, and do it again, I, I can finally just shut my mouth and say, yes, he is the greatest of all time. Um, and, and it also depends on how long he continues in his career. But right now, Tom Brady is playing at such a high level at his age, uh, and nobody thought he could. Uh, he has some really, really red-hot games like this, and then he has some games that were like in New England where it was a little questionable. Um, he didn't play his best ball, but he got it done. I want to see if Tom Brady continues this at his age, at, at his ripe old age here. 
I want to see if he continues doing what he's doing. But yeah, Tom Brady, I, I like this uh, this position for him. And it's it's a it's a stat line that would have had him number one, but there's w- one stat that I, I I weighed a little heavy, and, and it, it is it's insane that because it's never happened until this week, and and this week is Lamar Jackson number one with an 86 percent completion rate with throwing 43 times on 442 yards, four touchdowns and another 62 yards on the ground. It was a beautiful performance, um, and you know I, I take that back. It wasn't a beautiful performance, especially for the first three quarters of that game. First three quarters of that game, where it was like, oh, God, what, what the hell is going on? Especially from, for me, from a fantasy perspective, I was, I, I was waiting for the moment when the Ravens and, and when Lamar woke up. And, and he finally did. And when he did, it was like, hey, okay, I'm okay with this. Um, I had Lamar sitting on my, my fantasy team. Unfortunately, I still lost because Justin Herbert was sitting on the other side for old Alex there. But uh, man, Lamar, what a quarterback performance! Um, he is the real deal. He's he's the heart and soul of that team. Uh, I'm I'm amazed that that he played as well as he did, uh, and and the Colts really gave him a run for his money. It, but and and to be honest, I'm amazed that. It was him that had as good of a completion percentage of all quarterbacks because we gave him shit for a long time about not being the most accurate quarterback out there and and not being able to get it done um, from an accuracy standpoint. I mean, you remember that. We talked about his accuracy like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. He's turned into one of the more accurate passers out there. and he's turned, he's, he's evolving right now, I think. Um, in the same fashion that Russell Wilson had to involve, to evolve, and and he's becoming kind of the next Russell Wilson of this league, um, you know, in in that he's starting to become more of a passer and less of a runner, uh, and and this has turned out really good for him. I, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's on pace for for him as well. He's on pace for a Hall of Fame career, and I believe that. So I mean, all he has to do is go out and win the big one, which. Um, I'm hoping doesn't happen anytime soon because I won't hear the end of it on this show. But you know, at the same time, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Great quarterback, and uh, he got it done this week. He his current pacing will have him at 5,100 pass yards and and 1,100 rush yards, which is outstanding. Which would be um stupid. Yeah, it probably it would it would probably be the greatest quarterback stat line of all time at that point. I mean, just overall. But, so, and I, I know it happened in week two with with KC, but I think this one is a lot was a lot worse. I think it's time to finally shut down the narrative that Lamar can't play from behind. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think, and he played very well. He was a great comeback victory. Um, anyone who says that he can't. I think he showed, and and you know I know a lot of times teams get down and it becomes like quicksand. Uh, Lamar showed how dangerous he was, um, and he yeah. he ran a, a very efficient fourth quarter offense, very efficient. Um, the, the defense still has work with it, but the but the defense got into gear at, at the end of the game. So if if the defense can play like they did in the last six minutes, Ravens are looking like like a, like a Super Bowl dangerous team. Right. So I I agree with you there. So uh, Lamar getting it done, and that is Tyler's top ten. Now Tyler, I so tough to decide on these. 
It's time for uh, uh, something I we like to call Braytown's Forgotten Fun. Braytown's Forgotten Five, and uh, Tyler, I, I it was so tough to decide on all these these players. Now let me let me tell you, I in the in the history of Braytown's Forgotten Five, I've never had so many honorable mentions. Never. I've had two. I've I've gone as high as three, but I've never had four honorable mentions. And you know the the reason I I have so many. There were so many good performances this week, and and there's even a defensive player on the honorable mentions here. But there's even a coach as well. So honorable mention number one goes to Robert Woods. Twelve receptions, 150 yards. Um, they were talking about getting him more involved with the Rams. He got more involved. Uh, that was about as involved as I have ever seen Robert Woods on that team. I mean, he's he's had good games. They've used him in a lot of trick play situations. But Robert Woods showed, like, hey, don't forget about me. Everybody's been giving Cooper Cup all the love. And uh, Robert Woods showed up for 150 yards. Um, I loved that performance. Next up, uh, Kadarius Toney. Um, for all the shit we gave him, he showed up. Uh, they, the Giants had a ton of injuries on their offense. 10 receptions, 189 yards. Huge game for Kadarius Toney. He stepped up big time. Yeah, that was a monster game for him. Next honorable mention is is a defensive guy and a guy you and I both love. Uh, Derwin James had 17 total tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble in that game against the Browns. Best safety in football. Yeah, a lot of people believe he's the best safety in football. We've talked about, you know, how he needs to – you know, prove his health. He needs to prove he's a healthy guy. Man, he when he's healthy, I think he is one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in football. Derwin James, man, he was on fire uh, this past Sunday. And also um, for the coaching guy, Dan Campbell. I got to tell you, even though even in the loss, and they, they lost a heartbreaker, he was so emotional after that loss to the Vikings. And, and to be coaching a, a bad Lions team, Seeing how much he gives a shit about his team, that was one thing. He had a gutsy fourth quarter call on that two-point conversion, being aggressive, going for the W. He almost won himself a football game there. And and, uh, and, in, and in some way should have. Yeah, he should have. Dan Campbell deserved to win that football game. The Vikings did not deserve to win that game. And and I'll tell you what, man. But I the like, only reason they lost that game is because the defense is spotty, and, and, the, and the Vikings took advantage of that. But as far as a play call and a game plan – Campbell did everything he needed to do. Yeah, he did the right thing. I, I I like Dan Campbell. I like him as a coach. You know, I I've I've seen the time. I've seen the Lions go through some crap coaches, and and I don't give a shit if they're they're one of my my team's rivals or not. This guy is the kind of guy that players will play hard for, and that they care about, and that they like, and that I think that the town of Detroit, the city of Detroit, needs. I I think he's a damn good head coach. Uh, I've, I've, there are, are very few times that I've been impressed with a head coach this past Sunday. I'm very impressed with Dan Campbell. Um, and, and the lions should be very happy to have that guy on board. So, um, there's that now into the forgotten five huge performances. Number five goes to Jamar chase, uh, six receptions, 159 yards and a touchdown had a huge game versus the Packers. Um, he doesn't get a ton of targets. He doesn't get a ton of catches, but he makes them count when he gets them. Uh, six targets isn't a ton, 
but 159 yards sure as hell is. And it seems like a lot of corners are having trouble defending this young man. Am I right? Hundred percent. He's he's been he's been solid since since he got here, and and it's just continuing week after week. Yeah, it's it, it, him and Jamar Chase have this great rapport. Gotta love it. Um, next up, number four, a guy that you and I both really really like, and that I love having on my fantasy team, James Robinson. Uh, Eighteen carries, hundred forty nine yards, and a touchdown. He had an eight point three average on the day. James Robinson. He's probably the lone shining bright spot on that that Jaguars offense and that Jaguars team in general. You know, you got to ride the hot hand. And Urban Meyer, after seeing what James Robinson did last week, you know, I was so in the first half of last week's game, James Robinson wound up with 78 yards and a touchdown or there's 67 yards and a touchdown. By the end of the game, he only had 78 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, you got to ride the hot hand. And I think a lot of that falls on Urban Meyer, but I think it dawned on Urban Meyer how efficient Robinson is and how good of a running back he is. Um, If I'm Robinson at the end of my contract, I'm looking to go elsewhere to be a number one back because he is a number one back in this league. And people aren't giving that guy enough credit and haven't been giving that guy enough credit. Not enough people are talking about this guy. And I'm fascinated. And this is one of those times where you get fascinated by the draft selection of uh, the Jaguars going out and drafting Travis Etienne in the first round when they honestly didn't need him. I mean, I I question it at this point because James Robinson is so efficient. He's such a good running back. He's fourth so, in the league in rushing at, the, at, at, at as of today. Right. I mean, he's such a good running back. People aren't giving that guy enough credit. I like James Robinson. So, yeah, Urban Meyer just needs to keep riding his hot hand there. Um, next up, number three, a guy we haven't talked about at all as far as like like a top 10, a forgotten five, nothing. David Njoku comes out with seven receptions, 149 yards and a touchdown. He was the, the leading receiver on that football team for the, the Cleveland Browns this past Sunday. Njoku just emerges out of nowhere. They have, have crammed that guy down into the cellar for the last several years. They went out and picked up Austin Hooper and all this stuff. And then he just shows up and goes, nah, okay, enough's enough. Seven receptions, 149. Leads the team in a very competitive game against a very, very tough Chargers defense. David Njoku going out there getting it done. Tyler, do you think he takes over the role as the number one tight end after that game, or do you think they go back to having Austin Hooper as tight end? I think they'll continue to play just kind of hot hand. It's kind of what the Browns have always done. Yeah, I, I think they should be playing the hot hand, and they should be allowing uh, David and Joker to do what he does. Uh, speaking of the Browns, number two goes to Nick Chubb. Uh, 21 carries, 161, and a touchdown. He had a 7.7 average on the day. That running scheme for the Cleveland Browns, outright impressive. They've been been running the ball like like monsters this year. I, I like what they're doing with, with old Nick Chubb and, and uh, the Kareem Hunt, that two-headed monster deal that they've got going on. Obviously, Chubb's the, the bell cow back. Obviously, he's the more of a bruiser type of back. He's a downhill runner that really likes to lower the shoulder and plow guys over. But Nick Chubb, man, great, great player. And, and uh, the Browns kind of found themselves a little bit of steel in the draft when they drafted him, didn't they? Absolutely. He's one of the yeah. best in the league. And uh, number one goes to old Carson Wentz, uh, 25 for 35, 402 yards, two touchdowns. 
He gave your boys a run for their money. It just wasn't enough. But Carson Wentz, I mean, no fault of his own. He looked darn good in that game, and it was probably his best performance thus far this season. Um, 100%. Yeah, even even with having a victory there, Carson Wentz showed up, and he, he gave uh, that Ravens defense a, a little something to think about there. So there's that. Now moving into Freytown's forgetful five, um, Tyler, we didn't have that bad of performances this week. It was a very solid week. Yeah, there, there weren't a lot of bad performances. The performances on this uh, on this list, you're not going to be, we're not going to be laughing too hard. I mean, because we didn't get a lot of bad ones. Uh, first and foremost, the dishonorable mention goes to the Vikings coaches. Uh, I don't understand why in the hell with uh, 47 seconds left on the clock, you're over here running the football with two timeouts and at the end of the first half. I don't understand why you're not being aggressive at the end of the game. And, and running the ball three times as opposed to trying to get the first down to end the game. I don't understand it. I don't understand the lack of aggression and the lack of uh, uh, positive play calling. And, and right now, Mike Zimmer's on the hot seat. I mean, he, he was probably sitting on the sidelines as soon as the, the Lions put up that two-point conversion, thinking, well, when my next defensive coordinator opportunity is. I mean, really. And, and it, that's kind of where he's at. So the Vikings uh, coaches wind up as the dishonorable mention. But number five goes to Patty Mahomes, which really wasn't that bad of a stat line. But if you watch the game, Patrick Mahomes was throwing a lot of passes into the ground. It, it, he did not look good. Um, 33 for 54. He had 272, two touchdowns. He also had two picks. Um, but, but just the way he was throwing the ball, the way he was handling that game, he did not look good, particularly in the second half. Patrick Mahomes was having a rough go. He he was not good. This this was not the Patrick Mahomes we're accustomed to. Yeah, it wasn't a usual game that we're used to seeing out of him. Yeah, he, it wasn't the Patrick Mahomes that we're used to. But he shows up, and uh, he has an okay game. Not a, anything to write home about, but it definitely wasn't one of his best performances. I thought it was honestly a bad performance from him. Uh, next up, number four, you got Jared Goff. Uh, Goff goes 21 for 35 for 203 and a touchdown. For all the crap that the Vikings defense gets, I'll tell you what, and I understand it's the Lions, but the Vikings have played very, very good defense in the last couple of weeks. And Jared Goff um, kind of ran into that. Uh, Vikings have been playing a lot of bend, don't break defense. Uh, Goff had a hard time handling them, uh, especially Patrick Peterson on the outside was shutting him down. Uh, Goff was, was dinking and dunking a lot, a lot of check down Charlie stuff. Couldn't really, uh, complete the deep pass. He was having trouble getting a lot of first downs. Didn't look very good in this game. Uh, Jared Goff hasn't honestly looked very good as a lion since he got there. He needs more weapons over there. I think is the big problem. Um, is that correct? He definitely does. The, the team's trying and the team's playing harder than I expected him to, but they, they just need better talent. Yeah, I, I think I think once they get a couple of receivers, this team becomes a lot more dangerous um, than we expected. Next up, uh, Derek Carr, 22 for 35, 206 yards and a pick. Uh, Carr couldn't get anything going against the Bears. Had a very rough day, looked very dejected on the bench there. A lot of distractions going on in Raider land there. But Derek Carr looks a little rough around the edges. Um, he, he looked so hot through the first three. And then through the rest of them, it was like, eh, I don't know. These last two have been have been questionable. 
Is Derek Carr starting to come apart at the seams, or or is it just it's a- too soon? But I, I think a lot of it has to do with what's what what they're dealing with right now. Yeah, and and that that might be the case. Uh, number two goes, to, and this one hurt me to to put him on here, but it's got he's got to be on here. Uh, Taylor Heineke, twenty for forty one, two four two forty eight, two interceptions on the day, uh, under a fifty percent completion percentage, had a real real rough day, uh, and and we. It, it sort of expected. I mean, the Saints' defense is a very good defense, um, but they are missing some pieces. I think he just didn't look good, and and uh, they definitely went out and prepared for him. Uh, so is is Heineke coming back down to earth? Is he gonna? Is he being humanized here, or is he gonna kind of bounce back here, Tyler? It's hard to say. I've, got, I've been critical of Heineke, and then this performance is more of what I expected it to be, but. It'll be interesting to see if he can bounce back. Yep. Now this this is his first real sign of adversity as far as you know being that starting quarterback, and we want to see if he can. Uh, I want to see if he can bounce back too, um, but we'll see. And we know the Washington Football Team that defense has not held up their end of the bargain either. So we'll find out if Heineke is going to uh, come back out of this thing and and show the world that he still is that that guy that we that well that that I've been rooting on. Not you, God, Tyler, but uh, the guy that I've been <laughs> for the last the last several weeks. So uh, there's that. And number one goes to Mason Crosby and Evan McPherson. Um, five missed field goals at the end of that game between the two of them uh, in overtime. There, Crosby and McPherson they go ahead and and uh, top out uh, the forgetful five. So um, yeah, Mason Crosby. I mean, I. Is it a case? I mean, we've seen Mason Crosby miss five field goals in a game and then come back and light it up the rest of the season. I mean, is this just an anomaly between these guys? Are they just, you know, just a weird game? And they're going to Crosby come... always has that one game where he looks like absolute hell. Yeah, yeah, and I think that this was the game. And, and, it was and but two of them were over fifty, so I'm going to give I will give him that benefit of the doubt too. But there's a couple that he definitely should have made. Yeah, and a lot of them are are just, um, you know. It, I like Evan McPherson. He's he's a great rookie. He's played very very well as far as uh, you know playing the kicker role for uh, Cincinnati this year. Um, guy's got a hell of a leg. I want to see how he bounces back because we've seen guys start like this and then they get a case of the yips and then they have trouble the rest of the year. I would just want to see how he bounces back and I want to see how Mason Crosby bounces back um, at his age. Crosby has been so consistent. So we're going to see if uh, those two guys can can bounce back from from a case of the yips, and that is uh, Freytown's forgetful five. Now, Tyler, we've got our rookie rankings here. I sent you my list, um, and uh, I want to go over this here. We, we've got we've got some fun stuff going on as far as these rookies go. We've got some movement. Yep, we, we we have some decent movement going on. Um, a lot of things starting to steady out too. Yes. Even with performances that were considered stellar, they're, 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 they're good enough, and they got some good history behind them that's starting to kind of make things level. Yes, I agree. Um, we got some guys that fell off the top 10. I actually had a guy fall off the top 10, my list anyway. I had a guy fall off. He, he was all the way near the, the five, four or five mark, and he fell completely off the top 10 in, in my list. Just some kind of trending up, trending down type of situations in the outside uh Kadarius Tony and Devontae Williams trending in the right direction yep uh trending steady are guys like Rondell Moore what I mean steady they're moving up or down a little bit but but nothing like 
catastrophic. Moore yeah. had himself a decent day. Mac Jones is playing okay. Asante Samuel. Osa Adeguzua still kind of playing pretty well, but just right on the cusp. And guys training down are guys like Patrick Sertain, Penny Sewell, Greg Newsom, Jalen Hurt, Jalen Waddell, and Zach Wilson. Yep, rough games for those guys. But kind of, kind of right side on your outside looking in is Osa Odigazua, Asante Samuel, Mac Jones, Trey Smith, Rondell Moore, and Nate Hobbs. Yeah, that sounds about right. And kind of, but going into the top ten, at number ten after. Started off at the beginning of the year in the top 10, but then disappeared. But now he's kind of back briefly, and it's Devontae Smith. Starting to really look like the, the main weapon over there in Philly. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of a weird thing. He 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 shows up um, randomly. Uh, he'll, he'll have a really good game. The problem for Devontae Smith and the problem I have right now is the same problem, you know, there was always a narrative for years about or Kirk Cousins and Matt Stafford and these guys in garbage time. And I think a lot of times the numbers in Philadelphia are, are come when the game is completely out of hand. Smith has had several games right now where he gets a lot of passes thrown his way, especially late in the game when the game is already out of hand. Uh, and and we, we've seen, you know, the numbers roll in for, for uh, Hertz as well. Jalen Hurts, everybody talks about how pretty his numbers look. Yeah, the stat line looks good on the on paper. But then you look at what he did throughout the, the course of the game, and we're talking a lot of fourth quarter chunks getting thrown down the field when, when the opposing de- the game is out of hand and the opposing defense is playing a lot of soft, uh, soft coverage to finish out the game. So am I completely sold on Devontae Smith? Eh, not yet. I'm surprised that he's made the list. I didn't have him on mine, but... You know, I want to see if he can consistently do this and and put up those numbers when it's not in garbage time um, and, and when teams are playing, you know, soft off the ball coverage and prevent defenses and, and things of that nature and giving up anything underneath. So we'll see if, if Smith continues to trend in the right direction. Uh, I'm going to be paying extra special attention to his games over there in, in Philly this week. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. Usually what happens is when, when I put the – when um, if me and you both have them on our list, that's like an easy. They're going to end up pretty high because they're going to have a pretty good average. But if only one of us has it, has them on there. Um, so like you had you had Nate Hobbs on yours and I didn't have him on mine. But I had Devontae Smith higher on mine than you had Nate Hobbs on yours. Right. So there, so it, with, the, with the averages there, it's going to put Devontae Smith just a hair higher. Right. I think you had Nate Hobbs at nine. Eight, and I had put Devontae – at seven or eight, I think. Yeah. But but Nate Hobbs is kind of right there in that cusp too. We've talked about him for a couple of weeks now, and Trey Smith as well. Yep. Both those guys are very playing very well. Number nine, Najee Harris. Uh, after being completely uh, MIA from this list, he's been trending up for a few weeks now, and then and then and then the Najee Harris we've been wanting has finally showed up. Yeah, we, we've been wanting him for the last two weeks. Uh, last week, it was a lot of passing yards. This week, it's a lot of rushing yards for Najee. He he looks good. I want to see if, if Najee Harris can be more consistent. And that, that's one of the reasons why he stayed off of my list is, is a consistency factor. Um, he, he hasn't graded out really well throughout the first five games. Last two games, he's been red hot. I don't know that I I in I want to see you know if he gets a couple more games you might see him show up on on my list there I didn't have him on mine but you know I want to see where Najee Harris trends I want to see where he goes currently right now 
he's he's looking red hot. And I think the the Steelers are starting to kind of like lean on him a little more as opposed to leaning on injured elbow Ben Roethlisberger. So Najee Harris, I'm I'm with you there. I I he is trending up for me. I just don't know that I could I could maneuver a guy as like guys like Nate Hobbs, Trey Smith, etc. off this just yet after the performance of a guy like uh, Najee Harris. Number eight in the last of the one of the guys that only one of us had in our list when the other one didn't, and that's Sam Cosme. Last week he was at eight, so he's staying steady. Yeah, I had Sam Cosme as number seven. Cosme has been a, a weirdly good player this year that not enough people are talking about. Uh, you know, he he draws some penalties every now and then, but he's they're they're rookie penalties. You know, he's been very steady for Washington. Um, he's been a guy that that he I think he was a, a second or third round selection, and uh, he's he's turned out to be one of the better offensive linemen in the league right now. So I like Sam Cosme a lot. Uh, and and there nobody's given that guy enough credit. Nobody talks about these offensive linemen enough. Sometimes when we're talking about rookie rankings, I mean, you talk about an offensive lineman, it's not not like a, a super, I guess, sexy thing to talk about. It's not a sexy position. Um, but at the end of the day, Sam Cosme, to me, his he's done such a good job for Washington, and he's a good run blocker. He's a good pass blocker. Like I said, a couple of penalties here and there, but nothing that can't be cleaned up. I like what he's doing um, in spite of Washington's record. I think they found themselves a stud there. Number seven, after not being on the list, Kyle Pitts arrives. Yeah, a huge game in London. We were, we, we were like, oh, okay, this guy is emerged as, as you know, we were, we were hoping, you know, the comparison is always whenever Atlanta gets a tight end, we're always talking about, oh, Tony Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez. Everybody wants him to be Tony Gonzalez. And shit, I wanted him to be Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I and and I for all the hype that came with Kyle Pitts in the draft, everybody talked to you. He's the the most athletic guy, and he's he's so good. And everybody had been just talking so much about Kyle Pitts, and I've been waiting for this this version of Kyle Pitts to show up. He finally does, and he looked damn good. He looked like the number one target over there for Matt Ryan, and I think Matt Ryan is starting to embrace once again because he hasn't had a tight end over there for such a long time. Um, I think he's starting to embrace the idea of, uh, you know, uh, uh, throwing the ball to his tight end. So I, and I, I think that's that's kind of the good thing uh, for Kyle Pitts there. I think I think that Matt Ryan has finally embraced that situation. I, and I no, I think I think you're right. I I, I want to see if it can continue, but it was a hell of a performance. Yeah, I it, it was very. Um, very telling to see that, like how he emerged. So I want to see if he if he uh, continues to to do what he's doing. Number six, after being number seven last week, creeps up the list a little bit, and that's Creed Humphrey. Yeah, I had him uh, ranked very high. Creed Humphrey right now is the honestly he's the top ranked offensive lineman in the uh, the rookie out of all the rookies in professional football right now. Um, great center for, for the Chiefs there. 
him and Trey Smith playing next to each other, they complicate each other so well. And watching some of the, like, like the, the way that they, they handle their business, the two of them together, there's great communication between the two of them. And, and Trey Smith wound up on my list at number nine. Creed Humphrey comes in at number four. Creed Humphrey, man, he's been a huge surprise. I don't think anybody – like they said he was a really, really good center. I didn't expect him to be this good. And he just – he comes out and he's he's saving the day there. And he's, he's taking care of uh, Patty Mahomes. The interior of that line is shored up. I think the big problem is the outside of that, that offensive line right now with the Chiefs. But – yeah, you got to love what what Creed Humphrey's been able to accomplish here uh, for the Chiefs. He looks incredible this year. Eighty four PFF grade, by the way. Creed Humphrey's looking like a stud. Yeah, absolutely. He's a draft steal. Number five, I'm dropping a little bit, but for um, no particularly bad reason, because after another great performance, another big quarterback kit, and that's so Dafe Away. Yeah, I took away. He he came down a little bit, and he did nothing of his nothing to to make himself look negative at all. Yeah, he had he had another quarterback hit. Uh, he had a sack. He, he's he's um many could consider him to be the uh, one of the front runners for um ro- defensive rookie of the year. And, and based on our list, uh, that is an accurate statement. Yeah, he's he's showing up as defensive rookie of the year right now. He or or a candidate for it. Um, there there's one other guy that I had on my list that that I've got sitting around as a potential defensive rookie of the year. Um, Owe is has been, you know I I told you it was a good pick. A lot of people were saying it was a bad pick for some reason, and I don't understand why. Uh, when when he got selected by the Ravens. Oh, I love the pick from the gate. We both we yeah. talked both talked about that. I loved it. I told you it was a good pick when it happened. I was like, man, I can't believe. Some of the teams balked on this guy, and I knew he was going to be good. He turned out to be really, really good for the Ravens, and and he's starting to become one of the better. Honestly, not just you know a big name rookie. He's starting to be, become one of the better defensive players in all of football. Uh, he he looks so good. The Ravens got a really good steal here out of him. He he's exciting to watch. Uh, he drops a little bit based on other people's performances. Other people have. Uh, there are other guys on this list that that emerged this week that just showed up um randomly so yeah he did drop a little bit but not a lot and and like i said through no fault of his own he is he is holding strong here um and playing really great football for the ravens number four jeremiah owuso koromoa after being number five goes number four him and always flip-flop places yeah, uh, Owuso Karamoa, he emerged out of nowhere a couple weeks ago for us. Um, he quietly was having one of the, the top seasons of any rookie. And here we are. Um, he Out of any rookie, he, uh, he out of any rookie uh, defensive player, rather, he, is, he was quietly and nobody knew who the hell the guy, like I knew he got drafted, but I didn't think he was making that big of an impact until I really looked into the numbers and went, oh, okay. That guy is incredible. So he's been playing outstanding football for the Bucks, and they wound up. You know, I I didn't like. I didn't think it was a very good draft pick when he got selected. I thought it was a bit of a reach. He's actually turned out to be one of the, one of the best players they that that could have been picked in the draft. So um, yeah, he's he's proving us all wrong and shutting us all up. Um, he he's turned out great for the Bucks right now. I I mean, one of the best grades. Uh, one of the best PFF grades. He puts pressures on quarterbacks. Um, good in run game. I mean, this guy's impressive. So I dig it. 
Number three, after and, and still in the same position as last week, and that's Micah Parsons. Yeah, Parsons sticks around. I had him drop a little bit on my list. Again, no fault of his own. Um, it was just great performances by guys like Humphrey and Caramoa. I had him drop from three to five, but Parsons, he's um, it's no surprise that he's up here. He's becoming one of the best linebackers in football. Um, they've they've put him all over that defense in Dallas. They put him on the edge. They but I think Dallas has kind of realized, even though that guy's calling the shots, that he's more of a pass rusher um, than anything. He's not incredible in coverage, and they're not going to use him as such. They're going to use him like a Lawrence Taylor, and that's kind of where they're headed. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on Micah Parsons here. Number two, Rashad Slater still it, it, it was in last number number two last week as well. A lot of people, if you would have told a lot of folks that Slater would have been better than Panay Sewell, uh, they would have told you that that you're crazy. And I I told you this, and I said it. I thought Rashawn Slater was going to be better than Panay Sewell, and I I'd prefer that I'd prefer to have Rashawn Slater over Panay Sewell. And uh, I, I stand by that, and and it's actually proven to be fruitful here. Uh, Slater has played outstanding this year. He's kept Justin Herbert very clean and very comfortable in the pocket. Um, and, and Slater has turned out to be one of the better offensive tackles, not just as a rookie, but in football, and, uh, and he's held strong. His PFF grade, uh, it went down just a hair, but not a lot. And he deserves to be in this position. And number one, in, in my opinion, has right now has a stronghold on the number one spot. And that's for, the, for, I think the fifth straight week, Jamar Chase. He keeps having good performances and he's holding steady. Uh, there are guys that are starting to creep on him a little bit. Guys like Owusu Karamoa, guys like Creed Humphrey, um, Rashawn Slater. I don't know if Rashawn Slater has an opportunity to wipe Jamar Chase out of the situation. Owusu Karamoa, Creed Humphrey, those guys have a shot. They have a chance. Um, even even uh, Owe does, and and Parsons could. It depends on on really how things work out. Jamar Chase just keeps putting up good performance after good performance. The numbers are, look really, really good. He's not getting as many as many catches as I would have expected him to get, but he's he's become a vertical threat. I, I want to see if if Jamar Chase can become a little more consistent catching balls over the middle, or if they're just going to keep using him as that vertical threat receiver, um, and, and you, as that big bodied guy. He's he looks really great. And as long as he continues doing what he's doing, he can't. He had a couple down games here and there um, where he didn't play like monster numbers, where he's putting up all these touchdowns like he has been. And it, it might wind up affecting him right now through five weeks. Jamar Chase is the guy and, and uh, he's proven it. And he wound up overtaking Rashawn Slater after the game he had this past week, that 150 yard, you know, touch and a touchdown game. 159 and a touchdown. That's a big game for a rookie. So Jamar Chase, I, I'm with you here on him being uh, Mr. Number One there. I think we both had him uh, either number one or number two on our list. But he's starting to be contested a little bit by that Owusu Karamoa, by Creed Humphrey, and Slater is being uh, tested by those guys as well. So we're going to see uh, if, if this trend continues with Jamar Chase sitting at number one. Nope. And, it, it, yeah, that's and that's the end of the rookie rankings. We got we got a lot of really good rookies. Defense is holding fairly strong in in that three four five spot, but it's it's been an interesting year to track this. Yeah, we're we're uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Now, Tyler, when we're gonna when we we're gonna take a quick break here, 
And when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, the news around the league. We got to talk about the head coach hot seat because we got about five coaches, I think, that are on the the hot seat. And uh, we're going to go over our predictions for the upcoming week in the NFL. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And Tyler will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, no. Get ready. And welcome back to the I'm your host, Saturday. And it's time for news. Yeah, <laughs> I am the, I am his co-host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freyton, and uh, Tyler. News around the league. We've got um, a lot of injury stuff. We have a couple extensions, but uh, we're just. I want to jump into the elephant in the room here. Um, we. It's a larger elephant than last time. Yeah, yeah. This this is a big one. This is a big, big, nasty one. Uh, so last week. So after after we had recorded, um, there was an emergence of a report of some emails um, in regards to John Gruden. Apparently, in in those emails, and they were I think they were about what seven year old emails. I think they were saying it. It was um, a lot. At first, it started out as as there was uh, a racist remark being said in these emails. Then it turned into, well, there's more. And it became racism and homophobia, and it became, uh, you know, topless photos of of cheerleaders and what the cheerleaders have now come out and said was a very uncomfortable situation. Uh, Topless Washington football team, or at the time, the Redskins cheerleaders. It's a very uh, confusing thing. So these, these reports all came out before last weekend's game. And after they came out after last weekend's game, uh, nobody kind of knew what was going on. Ultimately, the Raiders decided to that they were going to part ways with John Gruden, but Gruden uh, decided to uh, resign as opposed to being fired. Um, but we, we, I mean, I guess it was kind of resigning in lieu of being fired. It's like chicken or the egg. Yeah, yeah. Look, and and now the Buccaneers also have removed John Gruden from from. Uh, the ring of honor. Uh, first of all, let me just say John Gruden doing that is no place in civilized society, let alone the NFL. You, you don't do it. You just don't do it. And then I don't know, like, like not only is the guy an idiot for doing it in the first place, but then he's an idiot, even more of an idiot for putting it in writing. 
and putting it in an email. <laughs> like, how stupid do you have to be? Like, it, it, not only is he is he dumb, but he's an he's an asshole on top of it. In my opinion, I mean this this has no business in the NFL. There's no it, business in life. Yeah, in life, and so many people were were absolutely uh, disgusted, myself included, and offended by the things he said and and uh, in those emails and and the comments he was making. Gruden has since, you know, put out a statement saying, you know, apologizing and, you know, saying that he loves the Raiders organization and he never meant to offend anybody. But I do have a lot of respect for the Raiders organization and the way that they handled this. I thought that they handled it very well and they were fast and decisive. I thought ownership was was absolutely spot on in their handling of this situation. Um as soon as this stuff got came out and it only got worse and it keeps getting worse. It just, it just keeps coming and coming and coming. Um, the Buccaneers have come out and said, look, we, we don't want any association with the guy. He's not going to be in our ring of honor. I don't care if you want a Super Bowl for us or not. He's not in the ring of honor. And, and rightfully so John Gruden. I, I mean, do, does this, I mean, for, does this officially end the, the, Will will this be the last time we hear of John Gruden and in any way associated with the NFL um, as far as broadcasting, as far as coaching, as far as anything associated with the National Football League, Tyler? Yeah, you won't you won't see him appear in any facet. Yeah, I I think he's gone for good. Assistant coach, special teams coach uh, uh, Rich Bisaccia has been named the uh, interim coach in the meantime. The Raiders, they're, they're going to have a, a kind of a struggle here. Are they going to be able to come out of this, you know, a whole thing? I mean, obviously it was a distraction this last week. I don't know how much it distracted their on-the-field work and the things that they were trying to accomplish. Uh, what's what's your takeaway here? Is Are, are the Raiders kind of kind of cooked after this whole thing, after the hot 3-0 and start? I think they're going to be in a little bit of weird la-la land for the next couple of weeks, but I, th- I think they'll level out. I think it's going to have it's definitely have an impact. Yeah, I, I think it already has. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm disgusted by the fact that, that, um, that Gruden put that out there and, and said those things, um, you know, seven years old or not, that, that stuff has no place in civilized society or the NFL. And, and I, I think that, that, uh, you know, this, especially with everything that the league has been trying to accomplish, you know, you, you've got in the end zone, you have, and, and players on the back of their helmets, you've got phrases, end racism, stop hate, you know, and, and all these things. And, uh, you know, it's obviously not uh, in line with what the NFL and the world in general is trying to accomplish moving forward. Um, I don't blame the Raiders or the NFL for, for their handling of this situation. I think they handled it effectively. Um, and I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how management uh, dealt with it decisively, quickly. Um, the NFLPA handled it decisively, quickly. Everybody jumped on this thing. Um, and, and more and more keeps coming out about this, this situation and the different things that are coming out in those emails. And I'm sure we'll hear more, hear more and more about it over time. But uh, yeah, I think John Gruden, his career in, as a National Football League uh, coach or as a, uh, as a guy, you know, for a while he was on Monday Night Football, um, just in general, as as a guy who uh, uh, was a broadcaster or anything like that, anything associated with this league, I think he's done for. 
So um, next up on, a, on other notes around the league, um, we do have a slew of, of injuries. We had a, a few, a, quite a few names placed on IR this past week. Uh, first and foremost, the Packers officially placed cornerback Jair Alexander on IR with a shoulder injury. Um, that is a painful loss for them. Uh, number one corner, one of the best corners in the league. It's huge. Your defense has been really solid this year, and it's gonna it's gonna send them down the confidence level in, in defensive rankings. Yeah, they they so the the Packers um their their defense well two years ago their defense was was really good, and then last year their defense was rough. This year their defense is sort of hit or miss. Um, but now, you know, it's, it's going to be leaning toward miss without a guy like Jair Alexander on the field. Um, they're not going to have a lot of great corners to rely on, on that defense. I don't think they're, they're going to find themselves in, in some really, really tough spots, uh, you know, moving forward. So, um, the, the Packers are, are without Jair Alexander for at least three weeks. We don't know if it's season ending, but he is placed on IR. Um, next up the 49ers also, they placed tight end George Kittle on IR with a calf injury. And now Kittle is often hurt, often overused by the Niners. They like, they like going to him, but Kittle, he has been fighting an injury bug for years and years now. I mean, we're, we're talking four years of injuries for George Kittle here. Uh, it, at a certain point, are the Niners just going to cut bait here on this guy after all these injuries and all these, all this time he's had off with, with the calf and the shoulders and the, you know, the torn pectorals and the ACLs and the MCLs and all this stuff that, that he's experiencing. Are the, are the Niners just going to, going to finally just say, yeah, the George Kittle experiment's over. They, they're, they almost have to keep him. Cause I'm, I'm pretty sure he's on contract for quite a while. So is he not? He's under contract, but I thought the contract was signed quite some time ago. I'd have to look into it. But I, I'm I'm sure eventually the Niners are going to be looking at this um, this situation. He's on contract through 25. Yeah, yeah, he did. He got a long one then. I, I mean, I I don't know what the the guaranteed money is or what the cap hit would be if they they were to let him go. It says potential out after 22. It would still be a 13.4 in dead cap. Yeah, I mean they they might have to eat that. I mean Kittle hasn't been producing for them. He hasn't been giving them the the uh, you know the the level of talent, the, the level of, of play that they've wanted. And, and a, a big part of that is being accessible and being on the field. So I'm waiting for, for George Kittle to, um, to, to finally emerge, but he, he hasn't uh, in, in the last couple of years because of these, the injury bug. When he's out there, he does play well, but, but he has not been uh, the big signing that they were hoping he was going to be after he blew up for that one year. So uh, George Kittle, Again, on IR. Um, next up, uh, your boy, Lamar Jackson, suddenly listed as questionable for Sunday's game against the Chargers. It was an undisclosed thing. He wasn't present at the media access portion of practice today. Um, you know, and for all we know, this might not be an injury, really. I mean, but now he's suddenly listed as questionable because he wasn't there. Yeah, he's been questionable all year. <laughs> now, what What do you make of this? I mean, is is this a situation where Lamar is is – because he wasn't at the media access, I mean, did he forget to go to media access? What what is your what is your takeaway on that? I think it was more just a day off, and he and he, and he wasn't on site. Gotcha. Um, next up, uh, another big one: the Texans place offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil. He suffers a thumb injury against the Patriots. He's under he's set to undergo thumb surgery. He's going to miss at least four weeks uh, for the Texans. That's a I mean, the Texans are already in the doldrums here. We know that, but man. 
he that that's a big hit. He was a a, a big trade. He was he was brought on when they they traded with Miami. Uh, is I mean I understand the Texans are not looking like anything spectacular, but we do know Tyrod Taylor is he's nearing a comeback here. Uh, do we? Is that a big hit for the Texans knowing that Tyrod Taylor is going to be coming back, knowing that that how well they did in Week One with Tyrod Taylor under center? I, I think it is. I, I they've, they've been in dire straits. Tyrod gives them at least some hope, and but now they're just taking more hits, and it's it's just a just a never-ending whirlwind for the Texans over there. Yeah, you know that they. I mean, going into Week One. We didn't think very highly of the Texans, and then the Texans blew the hell up, and and they that's that was their their one win on the year, and since then it's been a really rough go. Um, I, I think Tyrod Taylor gives them, like you said, some degree of hope, uh, and and maybe that that was that you know that one win there or that that week one you know showing that he had, maybe that was some kind of uh, uh, enigma, but we'll we'll see. But Tyrod Taylor's on his way back, and and you've got you know, your, your big name starting offensive tackle out. So that's, that's going to be a uh, painful one um, for them. Uh, the Giants, we, we talked about it a little bit. They're suddenly turning into a sick ward. Daniel Jones is in concussion protocol for the concussion that took him out of Sunday's game against the Cowboys. Um, he'll, he's on pace. Joe Judge says that he's on the right track to return for Sunday's game versus the Rams. Uh, one guy that won't be on pace to take the field versus the Rams, however, will be Kenny Galladay. He hurt his knee versus the Cowboys. He's set to miss Sunday versus the Rams. Um, that is, uh, uh, it not only is it a big hit, but I, I just think that Kenny Galladay, he's turning into one of the biggest free agency busts of this year, is he not? He, he is. I, I expect him to have, a, have an explosive year, but just it seems there's just this giant's curse going on and no one on the team can seem to get out of their own way. Do you think this is a, a Joe Judge thing at this point? I mean, can we, I, I think it is. I, I think it is, too. I think we can start pointing the finger that way. I don't think Joe Judge is a very good coach. I didn't think he was a very good coach in the first place. But now it's it's really showing. You've got all these weapons. You've got Slayton. You've got Shepard. You've got Galladay. You've got Saquon Barkley. And I understand injuries are there and whatever the case may be. Kenny Galladay hasn't been the Kenny Galladay that, that we saw in Detroit. Um, you, you've got all these guys and I, Joe judge can't seem to make anything happen with all these guys. And I understand the injuries do happen and whatever the case may be, but Kenny Galladay right now has been a free agency bust, even when he's out on the field and now he's hurt. Um, I, I really believe that, that ownership over there needs to, to reassess what they're doing, uh, with their coaching and whatnot. And also for the Giants, Saquon Barkley exited the game against the Cowboys as well with an ankle injury. He rode the cart. Um, he's likely to miss the game versus the Rams on Sunday as well. He's listed as doubtful. Uh, it's a, that's a painful one. I know it's a painful one for you as a fantasy owner. You have the guy on there. Um, Saquon, it, I, he's a great running back when he's healthy. But the pro, the question is coming in much like Dalvin Cook. When is he healthy? You and know, it wasn't I, a problem up until this last year. And now all of a sudden we got back-to-back seasons and here we are. Yeah, I have. I have questions about the man's durability now, and it seems to be a lot of lower body injuries, a lot of knee, a lot of ankle problems. So there's questions as far as uh, what they're going to wind up doing in this situation. Um, I know Devontae Booker is, is set to take on uh, a lot of that role, so we'll see what happens when, in New York with the running back situation. But Saquon Barkley, once again, 
riding the cart in bad shape. I mean, we'll see if they, they wind up sticking him on IR over time. Uh, next up, you got the uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's placed on IR. He's out for the year with a shoulder injury, start, uh, suffered on Sunday. Um, Juju has had a, a tough go with the Steelers the last couple of years. Um, and and here, here we go again. <laughs> I mean, and now, now he's out for the year. That's going to leave Deontay Johnson. That's going to leave Chase Claypool out there for Ben. And it looked like both of them did really well this past week, particularly Claypool. Um, Johnson's been getting a lot of the, the passes, but who do you think emerges as the number one over there with the Steelers? I, I, th- I think it's Deontay Johnson. I think it has to be. He's been, he's been, uh, he's been Ben's go-to option all year, and I think that continues. But I think Claypool sees an increased number of looks. Yeah, I think Claypool's going to get a lot more looks. We saw it on Sunday after after Smith Schuster went down. Claypool did have two touchdowns on the day. He had a big day um, on uh, on Sunday. So uh, Juju is is out, but he's been less of a factor for the Steelers anyway. So I I want to see how how Ben responds, and I want to see how these receivers respond on that offense. Um, and and you know we'll see if uh, the Steelers can keep this thing alive uh, with Ben Roethlisberger and his his sort of bum arm here. Uh, next up, you got the Chiefs. They're placing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on IR with an MCL sprain. Um, you know, I, here's the thing. I don't buy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I haven't. I, I didn't buy him when they drafted him. I liked him as a change of pace back, but not in every down back. And for some weird reason, the Chiefs thought, he, oh, this guy can be in every down back. And I, I strongly disagreed with that notion, and it's proven to be true. Um, Edwards-Hilaire, after the first couple of weeks of last season, he really kind of died off. And this year, he he failed to get anything going on, uh, other than one game. So Clyde Edwards-Hellier, I mean, is this a big hit? Do you think Williams winds up taking? I think it's Damian Williams, right? Or Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams. Yeah. Do you think he winds up uh, taking over that number one role in in Clyde Edwards-Hellier's absence? And do you think if 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 Edwards-Hellier comes back, do you think that um, do you think that Williams just retains that role? No, it'll end up going back to Edward Solaire. I, I don't think Williams is that dynamic of a, of a, of a player to to um, keep it locked down. See, and that's the thing. I, I, I'm not worried about the dynamic thing, so to speak. I just believe that they need an, a legitimate rusher there, a legitimate running back. And I don't think that, that Edward Teller is that. I think he's a change of pace back that was thrust into that role, much like a Jarek McKinnon was. And he can't handle that role. His job in, in, in college, that was his thing. He was a change of pace back. And I called this when he got drafted. I said it when he, when he got drafted. I said it in my, in my draft projections um, when, when, I was, when I did my big board. You know, I, I flat out said that in my mock draft. You know, this guy is a change of pace back. And um, he's proven that he's, he's not in every down back. He's, he's I mean, I, it's been without a doubt. He's not in every down back in this league. Um, if, if the chiefs are smart, they're going to make this guy a change of pace back and kind of keep him that, that in that Reggie Bush type of role. Um, you know, and it's, I just want to point out, it's amazing that all these years later, we still talk about a change of pace back, catching passes out of the backfield as more of a Reggie Bush role. I'd find that fabulous. I know. Right. Yeah. So, um, next up the, uh, Cardinals, they place outside linebacker Chandler Jones on the COVID reserve list. Uh, it places his availability with versus the Browns in doubt. Um, he had a, a positive test. So, uh, that's a big hit for them. Chandler Jones is kind of the heart and soul of that defense at this point. 
do you think how badly do you think this uh, this affects that Cardinals defense right now? I think it's I think it's a hit, but I I do also think they have a lot of talent in the defense that they're going to find a way to to get by. Yeah, I I believe that they're going to find a way to get by. I'd have to look to see what their who their opponent is this week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, or the Browns. It's the Browns. So I mean, if it's the Browns, I, I don't know. That might be a big hit. They've got a. Uh, I just said it. I can't believe I just like glazed over that. But um, their their offensive line here is uh, the Browns have a really good offensive line. And, and they keep Baker protected well. I don't think Baker is a very good quarterback, but they do keep Baker protected well. I think that's going to cause some problems, especially with Cleveland and the running attack. Uh, having Chandler Jones there, is a, it makes a world of difference for, um, for, for the Cardinals. So I think that's going to be a big hit. Do I think the Cardinals survive? I think they can. I likely think they will. But this could be a good you know, thing for the Browns to, to really – take advantage of him not being there. Um, the Cardinals also have other issues on the, on the forefront here. Their, their center, Rodney Hudson, he's going to be out this week uh, with a hip injury. That's a big hit. Rodney Hudson's one of the best uh, centers in all of football right now. He was a pickup that they got from, from the Raiders uh, and their, their massive rash of releases. So uh, yeah, not having him there and then knowing that how powerful and potent that pass rush is for, uh, for Cleveland, that's going to be a, a big deal. And they also placed tight end Max Williams on, on injured reserve with a knee injury. Um, Max Williams, he's been kind of hit or miss for the last couple of weeks. Uh, when he does show up and when when Kyler Murray is, is targeting him, he gets great numbers. He gets in the end zone quite a bit. Uh, Hudson and, and Max Williams, do you think this uh, – this is going to be a big issue for a mobile quarterback like uh, Kyler Murray. I no, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna figure out a way to make it do. He, I, with him being mobile, he, he's got a better chances of surviving through it. Right, you're 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 really uh, trying to be optimistic and ride that that Cardinals train all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um, also in that same game, the Browns, so the Browns are, are resting several players this week in practice that are nursing injuries. Um, they didn't have them in practice today. Nick Chubb with a calf injury, Jadavion Clowney with an elbow and knee injury, uh, Jack Conklin, the offensive lineman, he has a knee injury, uh, defensive end, Miles Garrett with a knee and ankle injury, uh, running back Kareem Hunt, wrist and knee injury. Defensive lineman Tack McKinley, he has an ankle and knee injury. Tight end David Njoku has a knee injury. Linebacker Malcolm Smith with an abdomen injury. And center J.C. Treader with a knee injury. A lot of big names on that list. Guys that are just working through injuries and, and nagging things. Um, are the Browns on the kind of on the, the ropes here? Are, are they getting ready to, to take a tumble? I... I think they might. I, I don't think Baker's playing how he's supposed to be playing at this point. They're, they're doing well, but I think they might start to fall off the wagon. Yeah. One guy they will have back, wide receiver Jarvis Landry. He's been sidelined with a knee injury since week three. He's practicing in a limited capacity today, so they might wind up having him back for Sunday. But all these injuries might wind up catching up with the Browns if they, if they uh, you know, don't give these guys some, some pitch counts. And, and I think I think Kevin Stefanski is doing the right thing this week so far and in resting some of these guys.
but I think he's, you know, he's trying to make sure that they're all healthy for the big game against the Cardinals and hoping that they're all going to stay, you know, ready to rock. Um, but yeah, this, this is the, he's got to be careful. He doesn't want this stuff to catch up with him um, moving forward, especially with, with how the Browns are playing and how, you know, they're right in the mix there uh, to take that division title. Uh, speaking of that division, uh, the Ravens, they activated linebacker Jalen Ferguson off the COVID reserve list. That's good news for you guys. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's going to be more of a depth move. I, he's not going to be in any major starting role, but he, he'll, he'll be good for support. Yep, I, I agree. I, I was thinking that he was he was more of a, a backup guy, but uh, we'll see. I, I know that people are really high on him still. Speaking of the Ravens, their streak ended of consecutive games with over 100 yards in remarkable fashion, honestly, in, in the uh, comeback overtime victory that they had that we talked about. Uh, did that one hurt you that they're not going to top the uh, the Steelers' record there? Well, they've tied it. I, I was really hoping they'd, they'd beat it, but, I mean, what what a – what a what a, a way to go to 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 end your record with and one record and begin another Lamar's um, career high in pass yards. Uh, uh, it's also also a franchise record in pass yards in a single game too. So I I'm liking the direction. I'm, I'm, I like where Lamar's going. I running is still gonna be very much a part of this team, but they're 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 transforming. Yeah, I think they're evolving, and it's it's making them a little less like for a while the. The Ravens were sort of like, I don't want to say one dimensional, but they sort of were in a way, lots of running, lots and lots of running the ball. And to be able to see them to take to the skies a little bit more and, and sort of throw the ball around, it, it's kind of a change. It's kind of a culture shock. I mean, you didn't see it a whole lot during the Joe Flacco era and you didn't see it a whole lot during the Lamar era, but he is a very electric player. Now he's really, I, like I was saying earlier, I, I just believe he's turning into that Russell Wilson type player. He's evolving with the game. And I think it's going to be helping this team moving forward, and it's going to help his career longevity too, which I'm sure you won't be too upset about at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of Russell Wilson, he suffered a dislocated finger uh, and ligament damage in that Looked game. gruesome. On Thursday night, he's set to undergo surgery. He can miss up to eight weeks. Um, he's eyeing a week ten comeback. I think that's too soon. Uh, what do you What do you think about this Russell Wilson, Wilson situation? Do you think he's done for? No, nah, he'll be he'll be back. He, he'll come back like he hasn't missed a beat, but he's going to miss some time, and I, I think it's going to have a significant impact on the Seahawks' ability to make the playoffs. Yeah, do the Seahawks finally miss this year? Do after all these years of us saying that they're going to miss, do they finally miss the playoffs here? I think they do because they're already playing from behind. Yeah, they're already what two and three right now. So I mean, I'm we could very well finally see the Seattle Seahawks miss the playoffs for the first time in forever. So that that could be a thing. Next up, uh, the Bengals starting quarterback Joe Burrow he suffers a potential throat contusion. On, during Sunday's loss versus the Packers, he's actually on what they call voice rest. Leading voice Sunday. rest. Yeah, voice rest. They don't want him yelling. They don't want him screaming. He went to the hospital. They, they said that, you know, if it's nothing serious, but he's they want him to rest his voice for the week. So he's not yelling, screaming. I don't know how the heck he does that. Um, I don't know if he's going to be doing like hand signals or something, but but he's on voice rest leading into Sunday's game. So hopefully Joe Burrow, <laughs> hopefully it's okay. But that's the first time I've I've heard of something like that, where a throat contusion and, and needing voice rest. Uh, Blue, 42. 
is that like? Do, yeah, maybe it'll cause more more offsides penalties. That, that could be a thing. Um, next up, uh, the Colts, T.Y. Hilton. He's closing in on a return from IR after having neck surgery. Um, he had neck surgery a, a while back, and he said immediately after the neck surgery, he felt better. Um, and, and here we are, like he's, he's eyeing a return. I've had him on IR and fantasy for a while. I'm excited for his return. Does he make an impact or has the, has, uh, you know, that already played itself out Is Michael Pittman, the guy, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think he's going to get, he'll get his catches, but I don't think he's going to have as much, uh, much, um, impact as he did in the later parts of last season. Yeah. Do you think Michael Pittman is now the, the new number one over there? I think so. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on, on board with you there. I think Michael Pittman's the guy, and I like him a lot. Um, I think that they I, – I think T.Y.'s presence on the field will open up some things, but I want to see if he can still move like he did. I mean, neck surgery is obviously no joke, so I want to see if he can, he can move like he did before uh, um, the neck surgery. Um, next up for the Chicago Bears, they're placing their starting linebacker Jeremiah Atuachu on uh, season-ending IR with a torn pectoral and starting offensive lineman Jermaine Ifedi with a knee injury. Both those guys hitting season-ending IR, um, the Bears losing them. And then they also placed uh, running back David Montgomery on IR. We talked about that earlier. They officially did it. Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert are going to be in the timeshare. They did late this past Sunday. Um, and if Herbert performs well in the place of Montgomery and fares well in practice, a lot of people are saying that Khalil Herbert might wind up being the starting running back. What do you make of that? Do you think Khalil Herbert can get it done, or do you think it's going to go to Williams more more than uh, anything else? I think they're going to continue to do a split system. They both they both look very identical, both just over the four yards per carry route. So I think they're going to continue just kind of running hot hand and kind of splitting the two until Montgomery yeah. returns. I know Herbert does a lot of like kick return duties and whatnot over there in Chicago. He's doing a lot of the special team stuff. So I want to see what what they ultimately wind up doing. They, they, I mean, they could take a receiver and put like you know whims back there or something along those lines. So we'll see uh, what they do, and uh, or see if they keep uh, you know Herbert back there. But he had a, a really nice game uh, this past Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. Um, next up, the Eagles, they placed the tight end Dallas Goddard on uh, COVID, the COVID reserve list after a positive COVID test. That means Zach Ertz will be the number one tight end. Do you think this could be a resurgence for old Zach Ertz there? Or, no, no. He's, you, you think he's, he's cooked. <laughs> I lo- See, I, I remember, you know, getting torched by Zach Ertz. And I remember those, those sort of magical seasons he was having with the Eagles for all those time, all that time. Um, a lot of people say he's cooked. Uh, we're going to see if the old Zach Ertz, that, that wily veteran, is going to reemerge over there in Philadelphia. I think Dallas Goddard is still the number one over there regardless, but I think it's it'll be kind of interesting to see if Zach Ertz can be the guy um, for Jalen Hurts over there. Hurts to Ertz. Got to love that. <laughs> yeah. Next up, you got the uh, Titans safety, Amani Hooker. He's set to reserve return from injured reserve. The Titans defense has not been what we expected. Um, I think Amani Hooker coming back is going to be a great addition to that defense to help them. I mean, I know it's one player. I know it's not the entire defense, you know, getting a, you know, a big boost or anything like that. But Amani Hooker's a good player. Got to be excited about having him back. They need something. Their defense has just been horrid. Oh, yeah. They've been bad. I think they're currently they're they're ranking 32nd or 31st in the league. It's pretty rough. 
So, uh, and, and a lot of these, these teams that we expected to be, you know, Super Bowl bound and things like that, you notice that they're having a lot of defensive struggles and their records reflect it. Uh, the Titans have been in a lot of shootout situations recently, and uh, Derrick Henry can't do everything. You know, as much as I like Derrick Henry and as great as he is, um, they, they're going to have to find a way. And uh, I, I think having Hooker back is a, a great way to do that, um, you know, and plugging him in at safety. So it'll be nice to have him back. Uh, the Chiefs, they're resting several players with injuries. On their defensive side of the ball, they got Chris Jones and linebacker Anthony Hitchens. Um, and then they also have the, the corner, Chavarius Ward. All three of those guys are being rested with injuries. Uh, Chris Jones has a, a wrist injury, Hitchens with a knee injury, and Ward has a quad injury. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Tyreek Hill, he's got a quad injury, um, which actually says a lot because Tyreek Hill did not look like Tyreek Hill this past Sunday. Um, guard Joe Tooney, he has a wrist injury, and tight end Blake Bell, he has a back injury. All of those injuries are... Uh, are uh, being assessed because the Chiefs are resting all of those players. Um, the Chiefs, I mean, it's a good amount of injuries for, for one team right now. Uh, the Chiefs, are, they looked rough on Sunday night. Like you said, they're losing teams that are really, really good. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of people are predicting that the Chiefs are cooked, Tyler. I mean, are these injuries just killing them right now? Or is it uh, – what what is happening in Kansas City? The injuries are, are at building up. They're, they kind of are for the whole league. I, I think the Chiefs are going to do enough to get themselves back back on track and get themselves in the playoffs and, and, and just in time to get hot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting Mahomes to get hot late. Um, this is not the same Patrick Mahomes that we've seen. And uh, I'm hoping for his sake that Ty, his number one receiver, Tyreek Hill, can, can figure it out and get back. I mean, a quad injury is no joke, especially for a speedster, the, uh, the caliber of Tyreek Hill. So uh, there's that. Uh, next up, the, the Minnesota Vikings are becoming a sick ward a little bit. Uh, the wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, he's a questionable with an ankle injury. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he's questionable with an ankle injury that he's been dealing with for quite some time. Uh, wide receiver, Adam Thielen, he has a foot injury. He's listed as questionable. Uh, running back, Alexander Madison, he has a shoulder injury. He's listed as questionable. And linebacker, Anthony Barr, he has a knee injury and is listed as questionable. All those for Sunday's game versus Carolina. The Vikings could be feeling K.J. Osborne as their number one receiver if none of these guys can play on Sunday. Um, I mean, as a Vikings fan, that makes me nervous, you know? Yeah, it has to, especially with the current state of where things are at and hoping for a surgeons here. It's, it's, it's definitely going to make that difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, I know the bye week's right around the corner, so a lot of these guys are going to be able to rest up and get healthy. I mean, we saw that with Dalvin. Um, uh, last season when he, when he got injured and he had the bye week and he came back strong, but here we are, you know, again, with lots of injuries, the bye week right around the corner. I'm hoping these guys can get that extra week of rest and, and, you know, get their, their bodies back to, to football shape and they can finish out the season strong. Their bye week couldn't have come at a better time and right in the middle of the season, really at week seven. So that, that kind of works out. I mean, th this is going to be a tough one. And if if these guys, if a lot of these guys can't play, I mean, I'm not really too worried about a guy like Anthony Barr. Um, I think Anthony Barr is overrated. I think Nick Vigil is, is the future of this team, and I think he's a very good linebacker. But Anthony Barr uh, being out, no biggie. But we're, we're Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. I mean, that's, those, that's your whole offense right there. I mean, outside of – K.J. Osborne and Conklin, I mean, that's, 
that's troubling. So, um, and if, if Alexander Madison or Dalvin Cook can't play, that leaves you Amir Abdullah. But what I think the Vikings are going to do is they're going to call up A.J. Rose from the practice squad who played incredibly well during the preseason. And we'll see what A.J. Rose can do as the, in that backup role. So that's kind of an exciting prospect because I like that kid a lot. Um, next up, 49ers rookie QB Trey Lance. He has a, a knee sprain. He's set to be reevaluated at the end of the week to see if he can play. Um, I don't know who their backup would be at that point, but uh, yeah, I'm Trey, not even sure who their backup I'm not is. Sure, who their backup would be? That's that's the scary part. But he does have a knee sprain, so he's going to be evaluated at the end of the week. Um, Next up, the uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tunga Veloa. He's he returns to practice. Um, he may start versus the Jaguars in London this this upcoming week. Um, whether or not we like Tua, the reality is he's better than Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I mean that's and and Jacoby Brissett has not been the guy getting it done. I thought Miami looked really good before Tua's injury, and uh, after that, man. Um, Two is set to come back, and this is a good game to come back for against the Jags. What do you make of this? Do you think it'll be uh, it'll help Miami get to the promised land? I mean, I guess I don't see Tua being that much of an upgrade, if at all. I think he's a big upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. I think after seeing Jacoby Brissett with the Colts, I mean, I saw all all I needed to see there. I mean, it, he didn't he didn't look good. Well, neither did Tua. Yeah, I mean, well. Tua looked okay to open the year. I mean, we'll we'll see if he if he comes out and and you know gets it done. But he's set to return. And th- like I said, this is a good game against the Jags to to kind of see where he's at. So he may wind up playing on Sunday. Um, next up, uh, the Colts owner Jim Ursay predicts that the Colts will win at least two Super Bowls within the next decade. Uh, what is your take on that, Tyler? Do you think that is legit? Do you think that the Colts will win two in the next decade? No, I yeah. don't think they even know where they're heading. Yeah, I, I think they have a, a major quarterback problem. And I, I think that they, they, they're going to need some work. They, they need some work to, to get to that, that point. Uh, right now, they're, they're one and four. And that's with Carson Wentz at the helm. He's definitely not Phillip Rivers. I'll say that. Definitely not Rivers. So not we'll close. see. But. I think Jim Irsay is a crazy person that he thinks within the next 10 years that they're going to win two Super Bowls. That's that's crazy talk. But I am glad um, that there's ownership out there that's going, yeah, we're going to do this thing. I mean, that shows a degree of optimism that I, I appreciate and a degree of aggressiveness that I appreciate. I'm hoping that they they get aggressive in free agency and in the draft. Um, you know, if they're if he's going to talk that big of a game, you know, <laughs> that's I want to see it. Uh, next up, Giants wide receiver Kadarius Tony. He was ejected on Sunday for throwing a punch at safety Devonte Casey. He was also hurt. Um, he's likely not going to be suspended, but he's going to be fined for his actions. Um, Kadarius Tony has been, you know, we know he's got an attitude problem. That was one of the big things in his scouting report is that he has an attitude issue. Uh, and and another, you know, he he stepped up. He had 189 yards in that game, but Kadarius Tony. I mean, is is he the next troublemaker of the league? I mean, what's what's the deal with this kid? I don't know. I think it's too soon. But it's, he's it's, got he's got to shape up. He had a, himself a good week, and 
and it all gets negated by throwing a punch at a safety. Yes. You know, that, that's that's the big thing. That's all people are going to look at. Um, so you got that. Uh, next up, we had two signings, two extensions. Uh, the Bills go out and sign cornerback Teron Johnson to a three-year, $24 million extension. This is a guy that, that uh, really wasn't getting a lot of notoriety because he's with Davius uh, White over there. But Teron Johnson has been putting up really good numbers for the Bills, particularly this year. But for the last four years, he's had good, good, uh, good numbers. Yeah, I mean, this year he's got a seventy-six point three PFF grade. I mean, he he looks really good. Um, what do you think of this signing? What do you what do you take away from it? I don't know. I'm 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 curious. I'm curious to see how this plays out for him. I, I'm I'm hoping he um turns it on, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's been hot this year, and he's got it's, it'll be a nice three-year extension for him. I think it's for a reasonable price. You're talking, what, $8 million a year. So, I, I mean, I think it's for a reasonable price for, for a good corner, um, a guy that's performing as well as a number one corner. I mean, him and Tredavious White next to each other, I think, are, are just excellent together. So I, I'm glad that the Bills are making those strides to keep that defense together that has played so well. Um, particularly in the last, you know, two to three years here. For sure. And uh, last but not least, the Jets, they go out and sign defensive lineman John Franklin Myers to a four-year, $55 million extension. This is another guy who has been quietly good. Um, people don't talk about him enough, really high grades. Um, he's he's a huge part of that, that uh, Jets defense, and uh, this is a smart move by the Jets getting this one done. Hundred percent. Yeah, they, they, I, got, they, got, they need some sort of foundation, and with, despite a lot not going well, you got you got to make sure your foundation's secure, and, and this is one of them. Yeah, he's he's a good signing. I I really appreciated this signing as soon as I saw it. That's a good a good place to start. Uh, getting a good and like you said, for a, a foundation on that defense. Now, um, next up, Tyler, I want to talk about uh, head coaches. Um, I, I that's our news around the league for the by the way, but I want to talk about head coaches. I want to talk about uh, coaches that are on the hot seat. All this stuff, all this issue, these issues with John Gruden and John Gruden getting let go and him getting fired. Um, we've got a lot of head coaches on the hot seat right now. I, there's five that I really have in mind uh, that I believe are are heavy on the hot seat, and I want to go over these coaches. Um, and on a scale of one to ten, and I want to I want you to give me a, a scale of one to ten and tell me why. Uh, these coaches are, are or are not on the hot seat. And uh, the first one I'm going to start with is Urban Meyer. Um, just had the blonde girl grinding on him. You know, the the not flying home with the team. Ownership says they don't trust him. What do you make of Urban Meyer? Nine and a half. Yeah, that high, huh? Yeah, I think the team doesn't trust him at, at- I think they're gonna have a mutiny of the team if they if they don't move on from him after the season, and and there's still a chance he doesn't finish the season. Yeah, I think he he came to the pro level, and I don't think he can handle the pro level. I think he's not a pro level coach. I mean, nine and a half seems about right, and I think you're right. I think at the end of the year, he's not uh, he's going to be gone. He I think he's going to be a one and done. Really, I, I think so too. Yeah, I believe that. Um, next up, Dave Culley of the Houston Texans. Um, you know, Cully, he's come into a very tough situation. Uh, and, and it, 
it uh, he he doesn't have. I mean, he doesn't have Deshaun Watson on the field. We'll start there. No Deshaun Watson, um, and that's that's got to be brutal to start with. But then on top of it all, you got uh, you know Tyrod Taylor goes down. You're running around with Davis Mills as your starting quarterback. Where's Dave Coley lying here? I mean, two. What, what is that a two? Two. Yeah. I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna move on from him in his first season as, as head coach. Um, he's got a lot in his coming his way that's out of, out of his control, and the team's played well with a lot of that happening. I I think he gets at least another year. All right. Now next up is is a guy that a lot of people they're already calling for his head. Uh, Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy in Chicago. Um, obviously, you know he had he had the one really good season uh, with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. They went to the playoffs. Um, he was a playoff guy last year. Believe it or not, they backed their way into that one. Um, where does Matt Nagy stand uh, with all of the the stuff he's got going on right now? I I think it's like a five. Really, that low? I I think um. He, realistically, this is really his really first bad season. I, I don't. I don't think you could realistically move on from him, um, given given his success in the past. Granted, last year wasn't very. They backed their way in, but they didn't yeah. make the playoffs. Right. Um. I I believe Matt Nagy's probably closer to a seven. I think he's. He, you know, you've got you've got Justin Fields over there. Um. I understand he's trying to protect him. I think. I think. But a, a lot of people, a lot of fans, believe that Matt Nagy is is not giving Justin Fields enough uh, enough of a workload and enough of a work share. I, I think he's doing the right thing and protecting Justin Fields for now because Justin Fields, to me, I still believe he's a bust, and I think his numbers show that so far. Right now, he has more interceptions and touchdowns. Um. But I think Matt Nagy's a little higher on that list, if I'm being honest, and and. I think a lot of people would agree with me there. Um, I think he's pushing closer to a seven here, to be honest. Um, now, next up, you got Joe Judge from the New York Giants. A lot of people have been calling for this guy's head. He's had a rough couple of seasons. When he got hired, I didn't buy him. Um, what do you make of Joe Judge here, Tyler? I think he's he's toast. Yeah, I, I, I think we're looking at like an eight. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd go even higher than that. I'd probably say he's at around a ten. I think Joe Judge is about to be gone in in New York. If they don't if they don't pull off a winning season, go to the playoffs. If they don't, you know, pull the nose up on this one, I think Joe Judge is gone after this year. I think that's it. They they, they gotta they're, they're gonna pull the plug, and they're probably gonna get rid of their general manager too. It wouldn't surprise me. But I think Joe Judge is gone. And last but not least, and this is one that that you know I I truly believe this guy is going to go out the door after this season. Mike Zimmer from the Minnesota Vikings. I think he's gone after this year. Three. Really? I think we're one year, only one year, one full season removed from the, their last playoff run. And it's, it's either one year they're really good, one year they're really bad. I I, I don't think uh, two bad seasons is going to um, call for his head. I think next year is going to be the year, assuming they finish off bad this year, next year will be the chopping block year. Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, if we, if we have a playoff situation, if he met, and so here's the thing. When they went to the playoffs in 2019 and they beat the Saints in, in the wild card round, went to the divisional round, and they lost to the Niners, um, they were still considering Kevin Stefanski for that head coaching position. They were thinking about letting Mike Zimmer go. 
even in spite of the playoff situation, because Mike Zimmer, you know, you, you had two seasons with Kirk Cousins, and even though you went to the playoffs, you only backed your way. Well, they didn't really back their way in, but they went ten and six to get there. Um, I think, I, I, honestly, I think Mike Zimmer is very high on the on the chopping block here. I think we're talking about a nine for Mike Zimmer. To be honest, I, with you. I think they're going to give him one more season, and and that could very well be depending on how this thing goes. But now here's, here's the big thing. You got the wild, you got the, the bye week coming up after the Carolina game. So week seven, the Vikings are in the bye. And then after that, their schedule is the hardest schedule in the entire national football league um, after the bye. And I would like to, to close out the year. I mean, it's going to be rough, and it's going to be a very difficult thing for them to wind up putting up a winning record. Let me let me name off these teams for you. Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers, Niners, and then the Lions, Steelers, Bears, Rams, Packers, Bears. That's a tough schedule. That's an incredibly tough schedule. Um. And and they still have the Panthers this week who who are are all worked up. CMC's 50-50 to be playing in this game. I don't know. I, I think that if they if they lose enough of these games and the Vikings wind up in the basement, I mean it and and I don't see them winning a lot of these games. I really don't. I don't see them beating the Ravens. I don't see them beating the Chargers. I don't see them beating the Packers twice. Um I don't I don't see them beating uh the Rams. I mean, they could, and they always have a hard time going to Soldier Field against the Bears. They lose, you know, six, seven, eight games here in this stretch. That could be that could be it for Mike Zimmer, no matter how hard the schedule is. Um, I'm I'm on the the opposite side of the spectrum here from from you. I think I think Mike Zimmer's going to be out the door here uh, if he doesn't get it together. Um, and those are our hot seat uh, situations there for the head coaches now, Tyler. Um, we have predictions to go through, uh, and I, I hope you're, you're, uh, excited and ready for a, another fun week in football. By the time this one, uh, gets posted, by the time this, this whole thing gets posted, it it'll be, uh, probably after the Thursday night game has taken place, but I want to make sure that we get our Thursday night prediction on here. Um, so let me, uh. Let me see here. Are you are you ready for the uh, the the predictions, Tyler? Are you ready for them? Let's do it up. I got. I, I'm sitting on a two game lead. I dropped. Uh, you gained two games back, so we're we're sitting close. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to dig my way back. I knew I was down three last week. I think it was. I was in a, in a bad way. So um, next up, here we go. Week six, Tyler. Here are your predictions for week six in the NFL, starting with. Uh, this Thursday's game, tonight's game, uh, the Buccaneers and the Eagles. Um, I'm going with the Bucks here. I think the Bucks dominate this game. But Bucks easy. I, I think that they're gonna. Tom Brady's gonna continue to um, do what he's been doing. Yeah, I think this is gonna be a beating. Uh, next up, this one should be an interesting situation. You got Miami and the Jags. Uh, two of them, and this is from London. Two of possibly could be coming back. Uh, Jags are 0-5. Dolphins are 1-4. I'm going with the Dolphins here. Uh, I, I, as much as I, I believe that the Jags, this could be a very winnable situation for the Jaguars. I have a feeling that the Dolphins are going to pull this one out. I uh, see. I'm, I'm going Jag- Jaguars in this one. I, I think uh, 
Trevor's going to get his first W. Yeah, against the, a lowly Miami team. Uh, yeah, even with Tua, I, 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 I would pick, pick Jaguars here. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Bengals and the Lions. Uh, Bengals are three and two. Lions are on five. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals just dominate this football game. I, yeah, I think that the Bengals are going to come out look, looking looking stronger than and any teams looked looked against the Lions so far this year. Yeah, I, I believe that too, uh, especially with Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase has a big game in this one. Uh, next up, you got the Chiefs and the Washington football team. Uh, both teams are two and three. I'm going with the Chiefs here. I think they they come back here and get their third win of the year. They they come back to 500. I, you know, I I, I do too. I, I think they're going to come out big on this one. Yeah, I, I, I think Patrick Mahomes isn't very happy with how things went uh, this past Sunday. So I think, yeah, it's going to be Chiefs all day. Uh, next up in Indianapolis, you got the Texans and the Colts. Uh, both teams are one and four. I'm going with the Colts here. I think they, they gave the Ravens uh, all they could handle this past week. And the Colts are going to continue that hot streak against the Texans. I, I believe the same thing. I think Jonathan Taylor comes out running the ball like crazy. Yeah. Uh, next up. Rams and the Giants. This one could be just a blowout and should be. The Rams are four and one. Giants one and four. Matt Stafford and company coming into town. I think the Rams are just going to blow out the Giants here. I think the I think the Rams wake up a little bit after the last couple of weeks of the offense looking sluggish and yeah. and get a big win this week. I agree. Uh, next up, the this is could be the game of the week. Ravens and Chargers, both teams four and one. Baltimore's favored to win this game, but the Chargers looked damn good this past week. Tyler, what do you think about this game? I'm going with the Chargers here. Right now, I don't I don't trust the Ravens' defense to keep things at bay, and the Chargers' defense is looking solid. I, I'm, I'm going Chargers. Yeah, I think I think Justin Herbert is just too red hot right now. I want to see if he can get it done against this very good Ravens team. Uh, next up, divisional game. You got the Packers and the Bears. Uh, this one is in Soldier Field. Packers are four and one. Bears three and two. I'm going to go ahead and say Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is red hot right now, and he's going to continue that streak. I'm right there with you. Packers all day. Yep. Uh, next up. The Vikings and the Panthers. Vikings are two and three. Panthers are three and two. This one is in Carolina. Uh, Minnesota's favored. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, and and I, I, they burned me before. They burned me a couple of times, but I'm going to go with the Vikings here. The Vikings season's been so weird. They, they they've kept it close with really good teams, and then they've kept it close with really bad teams, and just, I I don't know what this team is right now. Yep. And but I'm going to go with the Panthers. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, that's it's going to be a tight one, I think. But I, I you know, that's that's kind of why I'm going with the Vikings here. I, I just I think it's going to be tight. Really, it, a lot of it hinges on Christian McCaffrey for me. Um, and with him being 50-50, I think they're going to hold him out one more week. Um, next up, you got the Cardinals and the Browns. This could be an exciting game. We went over the injuries for these teams earlier. I, you know, believe it or not, I'm going to go with the Browns here. I think the Browns are going to give the Cardinals their first loss of the year. Browns kept up very well with a red-hot Chargers team, and they're going to be going face another red-hot, well, a Carolina, not Carolina, a Cardinals team that looked sluggish last week and barely got the job done. Yep. But I'm I'm going to go with the bounce-back game for Kyler Murray, and I, I think it's going to be a, a, a shootout-type game, but I think Cardinals get it done. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think this one becomes a shootout situation. 
Um, I, I think the big X factor there is going to be Chandler Jones. That's why I'm, I'm going with the Browns here. I think the Browns running attack is really going to get, take the Cardinals to task here. Um, so I, I think the Browns give the Cardinals their first L. Uh, next up, the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, Raiders looking a little rough because of this John Gruden stuff. They seem a little distracted. I'm going with the Broncos here. I think Teddy G or Teddy B is going to come out and, and start tearing it up. I'm going Broncos as well. I think uh, last week was a quiet week for, for Teddy B, and I think he comes back red hot. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, next up, you got the Cowboys and the Patriots. Uh, Cowboys are four and one. Patriots are two and three. I'm going with the Cowboys here. I think Mac Jones is going to have himself a hard time with that Cowboys defense. Cowboys easy. I think the offense is going to come out firing. Yep. Next up, you got uh, Seahawks and the Steelers. I'm going with the Steelers here. Uh, Seahawks just, um, you know, Geno Smith is going to be in plus. There's no Russell Wilson. Seahawks defense looking a little rough around the edges. This is a Sunday night football game. They're in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's favored. I'm going with the Steelers. I'm going with the Steelers as well. The Steelers defense is still the the, um, the, the bright light of this team. I, I think they're going to they're going to make trouble for Geno Smith. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big issue. And then last but not least, Monday Night Football, the Bills, back-to-back primetime games, and this will be another good one. Bills against the Titans. The Bills are 4-1, and one, Titans are 3-2, and two, Buffalo's favored, they're in Tennessee. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bills here. I think they're, they're red hot. I think Josh Allen should be considered a lot more as an MVP candidate than he has been. I'm going with the Bills. I'm going Bills as well. I think they're too hot right now. Their their run game has been working, so they're 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 playing pure good football right now. So they're going to be hard to stop. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. So and uh, right there, those are our predictions for Week Six in the NFL. Uh, and Tyler, Week Six in the books. Uh, well, Week Five in the books, and uh, this episode, uh, our predictions for Week Six in the books. Um, Folks, we're, we're going to be giving a quick shout-out to our sponsors at It's Your Time Massage. Check it out. It's Your Time Massage on Facebook, or you can go to IYTMassage.com. Uh, get yourself a massage. Tyler, you need to get yourself a massage. Um, I do. Yes, you do. And then also, quick shout-out to our boys at Face Kicked Apparel. Check out FaceKickedApparel.com. Sean Stockmeyer, he takes care of all your shirts, hoodies, hats, anything. You, you, pick, you pick it, he sticks it. That's what we say. Um, he takes good care of you over there. Check out facekicktoparel.com and take care of all your custom t-shirt needs. And uh, Tyler, we're ready for football, baby. We got Thursday night football tonight. Uh, By the time this gets posted, like I said, you know, that Thursday night football game will have already been played, but at least we got our prediction in um, on air here. So that's a good thing, huh? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, folks, I want to thank you all for listening. And, uh... For uh, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean and myself, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>